0: 339, 21 away from 4 o'clock. This is the Matt Mosley show. Tom Barfield in for Matt. Well, with Stephen Simcox. We're glad you're with us. Let's uh, switch gears, talk some NFL football as the Cowboys welcome in the New York Giants this Sunday. 325 for the kick. We'll have the broadcast right here beginning at 2.30 on ESPN Central Texas. You can join Babe and... And Christy Scales, along with the longtime voice of the Cowboys, Brad Sham, for the call of that one. Again, 2.30 on the pregame show. Joined now by Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com. Kyle, good afternoon. Welcome to the program, and glad you're with us this afternoon.
1: Yeah, guys. Thanks for having me. Of course, always love talking with you guys. And, of course, Steven, a good buddy of mine from my days back down there.
2: Kyle, let's let's just dive
0: right in the middle of this thing. Uh Defensively, this team has got some issues up front. They got some issues at linebacker. The back end's not playing well. I mean, there's some things going on on the defensive side of the football that's just it's just a tough go right now for the Cowboys.
1: <laughs> I love the way you, you you phrase it. You you phrase it as let's just dive in because there's multiple areas in which you're needing to address and uh, you you got you can pick your poison whenever it comes to the defense. The defensive line has not played up to expectations. Uh the linebackers have been poor even with Layton Vanderesh out of the fray, you expect them to play a little bit better than they have uh, even with him uh on the IR at the moment and then the secondary. I mean, where do you start with the secondary? Same thing. You've had some guys that have been injured, been banged up, and are on the IR. Hopefully you get a guy like Anthony Brown coming back. But any time a defense gives up 49 points against a Cleveland Browns team where their offense isn't necessarily one that's supposed to put up close to 50 on you at home, uh, and you give up 307 yards rushing, the most in franchise history to be a part of it, yeah, you, you, you've definitely got some issues. It's just basically where do you
3: start?
0: Kyle, in the Metroplex, is there conversations at all about the episode? Of the defense. Cause, and again, it's tough to, to determine by watching on television, but it certainly looked like there were times where this team just was not playing hard.
4: No, you're
1: right. And if you go and look at the film, they show it. And there are times whenever you see a guy like Jalen Smith, who's known for being a leader on that defensive side of the football, kind of jogging and uh, maybe stuck behind the play. The effort conversation has been there. And, And it's also honestly kind of turned into a bit of a debate. Is it effort? Is it the tenacity of this defense that's getting you beat or, is it really just the the fact that you may not have the talent that you want to anticipate on that side of the football? I think both sides of the argument are valid i think you can see points from both ends maybe you just aren't as talented as you thought or uh maybe the the effort just isn't there or maybe it's a scheme thing even the coaching staff has kind of been brought into it maybe this is just not a great fit for maybe the talent that you have and uh you, you need, need to make some adjustments coaching wise which i think will happen i mean uh mike nolan in his first year as defensive coordinator has some uh growing pains at least at the moment i think they'll find a way to get thing get their feet Underneath, underneath them a little bit, but overall, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of conversations on what exactly is going wrong for this defense, and how quickly can they
0: fix it? Well, let's just, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna put you right on the spot. What is the answer? I mean, I mean, it, it, what what do they do in the immediate? Future to get to, to have an opportunity to because they, they they've got to beat the Giants on Sunday. I mean, let's yeah. just be honest. This is a game that they've got to win. I thought the Cleveland game was a game that they had to win, but certainly this Giants team is a team that they've got to beat.
1: No doubt. And I was asked this week, and actually I was asked last week after the Seattle loss, are you pushing the panic button yet? And I said, no, the panic button's not even in the mail yet. Like, we've got a couple weeks until that starts kind of emerging. Well, the panic button is at least in the mail at the moment, <laughs> because if you don't win this week against the Giants, you might be pressing that panic button at 1-4. and four. You're already 0 and one in the division, and you're really put behind the eight ball heading into a Monday night football matchup against the high-powered offense and in and Arizona coming to town the, uh, in week six. So, sure, this is a, a must-win game. And, and you ask me, how, to, how do you stop? How do you start the, uh, the turnaround on this defense? And it really starts up front. It's got to go to the front seven. And, and you've got to get better pressure uh, on from your defensive line. Dontari Poe, Antoine Woods, Tristan Hill, they've been, all been underwhelming. You can throw DeMarcus Lawrence into that mix as well. Really the only defensive lineman you can hang your hat on so far this season has been Alden Smith, and he was double-teamed on Sunday. He wasn't as effective because they basically dared uh, Cleveland did, but dared the rest of the defensive line to beat you, to put pressure on you, and of course that didn't happen. And they ran for 300 plus yards. So. I think it starts up front. You start getting extra pressure. It takes pressure off of your linebackers. It allows Joe Thomas and Jalen Smith to play a little bit more freely. And then at that point, hopefully your secondary can maybe take advantage of a couple mistakes. I mean, already Daniel Jones has thrown five interceptions through the first four weeks of the season. He's only thrown two touchdown passes, and he's the leading rusher coming into the game on the – giant side of the football so he's going to be running around he's known to throw in throw interceptions and turn the football over this might be the week and the really the only week you have an opportunity to try and get some confidence on that defensive side of the football but it really starts up front
2: talking to kyle yeomans from dallas cowboys.com steven simcox and tom barfield with you on espn central texas uh, so on that front kyle I, I see randy gregory is back in practice um how much help is that and how long do you think until he's kind of acclimated and able to uh, take some significant snaps
1: well he'll start he's available to come back following the week six game in Arizona so he's got he's got to go through the first six weeks of games in terms of not being on the active roster but he's able to practice 21 days out from when he's available and I think that's where they're at right now and so he's back at practice. He's, he's actively going through some of the, the individual drills, not necessarily team drills just yet, but we might see that starting later in the week or in the next week, depending on the, the deadlines there as well. But I think it just adds depth in the, the, the point of, really what we talked about earlier, Everson Griffin, Demarcus Lawrence have been disappointing. Alden Smith has been really the the one vaulted part of that defensive line. If Randy Gregory comes in and he plays better than a Griffin or a Lawrence, you might start seeing some significant snaps for a guy who hasn't played in the NFL in a couple of years at the moment, because of his off the field issues that have now been uh, replicated and and have uh, gone away, at least at the moment. So I think overall, You're going to see him pretty quickly when he's available to come in, but this is that acclimation period. It'll take a couple weeks. Hopefully he's ready to go come week seven, and then all of a sudden you have just another piece to that defensive line that hopefully by that point will have found a rhythm.
2: This offense has been special at times, and if they could get out of their own way, you know, feel like the sky's really the limit for them. So how do you clean up the turnover problem, Kyle?
1: Yeah, I think it's just uh, really sometimes whenever you look at how bad the defense is, it forces the offense to to press. It's one of those things where it's only you can beat yourselves. The only person that can beat this offense is – the Cowboys' offense, and that's turning over the football. They've had six fumbles already. He had the three interceptions, two of those kind of in late-game situations with Dak, but there have been other throws that absolutely could have been picked off, most notably in the Seattle game overall, but you have – Uh, an offense that knows their talent knows their capabilities but they press a little bit because they know they have to be perfect in order to get a a, get a win and we saw that against Atlanta we saw that against Seattle we saw that against Cleveland where early game turnovers when you're pressing you're trying to get into a rhythm and you you give short field to your defense it's ultimately going to put you in a really tough situation especially on back-to-back plays and You can blame the offense, I think, just as much as you can blame the defense in the fact of putting them in tough situations. Opposing teams for the Cowboys already have scored 45 points off of turnovers through four games. I mean, that's over 10 points a game, and you've only scored three off of opponents' turnovers so far. So, sure, the defense has to do their job and has to be better in all three phases. I already mentioned that. But the offense needs to – take care of the football, not try and do too much, and just allow their talent to push them forward because they're going to put up some gaudy numbers anyway.
0: Talking with Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com. Kyle, you mentioned a minute ago about uh, not hitting the panic button. And one saving grace for this football team is the fact that they're in a horrendous division. I mean, you got 1-2-1 and one winning their first game last week, and they vault to first place.
1: Yeah, it really is. And that's the thing. We laughed last week on the, uh, on the postgame show when the, the odds came out that Dallas at 1-3 had a better odds to win their division in the NFC East than the 4-0 Seattle Seahawks in the <laughs> NFC West. And whenever you look at the odds, uh, being more in favor of the Cowboys after just what has been a horrendous start, that just shows exactly where you should think about this Cowboys team. It's not time to put, push the panic button. And honestly, I might be even jumping the gun saying it after a 1-4 and four start. But if you can't beat the Giants, then you're really starting to, to unravel a little bit as an organization. But I think, really, you go out, you take care of business this week, you get back to 2-3, and three, you get a chance, once again, at home to beat a good offense in an Arizona if you can do that, you're 3-3, three and three, back to five hundred. start things back over, and you've got some confidence heading into back-to-back divisional matchups before uh, heading to Pittsburgh and having a matchup with the Steelers. This thing can really easily get back on track throughout the next couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden you're feeling better in the back half of your schedule. But, man, this is a crucial matchup coming up this week. You've got to take care of business against seemingly a lesser team, and especially with a former head coach coming to town.
2: Hey, Kyle, I'll give you a positive question. Okay. Uh, if if you can handle that one too, so I can do that. (laughs) I thought Dalton Schultz going into camp might be like a borderline cut guy just because he hasn't really shown much, um, at that tight end position. And I know we had a really strong camp. He's been playing well with Jarwin out. Is this just some matchups going his way? Or do you feel like he he sort of found something in, in Jarwin's absence?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, this is a guy who really the Cowboys kept around for the reason of seeing the upside. I mean, coming out of Stanford, they they anticipated him to be right up there in the conversation with the replacement of Jason Witten whenever Witten moved on, and instead it was Blake Jarwin that emerged as that guy because of his vertical receiving threat and his ability to make an impact in the passing game. Schultz is just as good of a blocker, if not better, Than Blake Jarwin, but he didn't have that same impact as a receiver. Well, we're starting to see that a little bit. And we saw it during training camp. Like you said, I was right there with you. He was a borderline should we move on from this guy sort of decision going into training camp. And he not only saved his spot, but I thought earned himself some snaps even without Blake Jarwin. Uh, going down in week one against the rams i think he really emerged as a guy who you could use as a vertical threat could use on an out route as a dump off and we've seen that on a multitude of occasions from Dak prescott already this season so i really do think you have found something in blake jarwin maybe they found it or excuse me in dalton schultz Uh, I, i think you may have found it before blake jarwin went down but now that schultz is kind of taken over and he has that role of being the number one tight end he's a consistent option as long as he doesn't drop passes he's going to have a very nice season and i think you're starting to see that already
0: 351 not away from four o'clock hey kyle we uh we know you're busy we certainly do appreciate you popping on and and talking cowboys football with us yeah absolutely anytime you guys Hey, have a great day. Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com, our guest. It is 3.52, 8 in front of 4 o'clock. And uh, out in Los Angeles, Dodger Stadium, Chavez Ravine, the A's have grabbed a 3-2 lead as they play in the bottom. And I think it was another solo home run. <laughs>
2: yeah, Matt Olsen uh, for Oakland. So, Oakland's the road team today um, because they are switching between home and road every couple games. So, in the top of the fourth, Olsen hit a bomb. And now uh, Jesus Lazardo back out there for the A's. Tom, I want to throw this. Hang on, do they do
0: they change the cardboard cutouts if you're the home team?
5: That's a good question. I'm just curious. We got Oakland people, are we got uh, Houston
2: people on there today. (laughs) The staff is moving all the cardboard cutouts somewhere else. Oh
5: boy!
0: All right. uh, So what were you? (laughs) I'm sorry. No, no, it's fine. I just, just it was a thought. I, I, I looked at the at the uh, at the cutouts and I thought, well, are those the same cutouts as the
2: <laughs> the cardboard <laughs> cutouts as they had yesterday?" So uh, let me throw this quote at you. Xavier mm-hmm. Woods, safety for the Cowboys, he was speaking today to the media. Yeah. And he was asked about the effort of the defense, which mm-hmm. is something you asked Kyle about. Mm-hmm. He said, "Our effort's been good. I mean, on certain plays, some guys, myself included, there may be a lack, uh, but there may be a lack, but overall the effort's there." I mean, you don't expect, run the NFL, you don't expect guys to go full speed for 70 plays. That's not possible. Hmm. You. Why
0: can't I expect that? Why shouldn't I expect that? Why shouldn't you play hard on every snap? Are you saying. And, and, and I remember the days, Stephen, that especially when Coach Brawls was here, that, uh, you know, there'd be a wide receiver or two that, you know, if the play was definitely going to the left, that mm. wide receiver on the right that wasn't involved, he may just get, it, jog it and drift it. If that's what he's talking about, okay. But on defense, you've got to play – every snap you've got to go after it every stinking snap because you don't know if you're the guy the last guy that can save six and maybe that's why they're they gave up nine yards of play because they had guys taking snaps off last week that to me that that's ridiculous i don't know about how you feel but uh you know i understand that occasionally a guy's going to take a, a, a snap off but mm-hmm. you had multiple guys taking a lot of snaps off last week. I mean, you cannot give up nine yards of rush to the third-string running back of the Cleveland Browns and not be loafing.
2: No, you can't do that. I, I mean, if I'm going to give him some grace there, I guess he's just trying to to protect his teammates and say, well, it's, or he's it's,
0: being a smart aleck to the media, which you know that's happened once or twice before. Yeah,
2: maybe that too. Um, but you can't say that. And he, I mean, that's one of those things. Even if Xavier Woods thinks that, he can't come out and say it. Uh, and yeah, there were guys taking plays off last week. Now, for whatever reason it was, it it led to them getting 49 points put on Well, And he's the guy,
0: he's the guy that not only takes plays off, but he's the guy that's allergic to contact. He doesn't want to tackle anybody. And I get, he's a corner, uh, you know, a, a DB, but man, you talk about not wanting to tackle somebody. That's the dude that kept getting me hot last Sunday.
2: No, he doesn't want to get up there and support the run game. He didn't. I mean, the Browns, like, they're a smash-mouth football team, or at least that's what they were on Sunday. They were bringing receivers in to go block. They have two, three tight ends in there. So if you're a safety or a DB, corner, whatever it might be, you're going to have to go fill the gap and make plays, and Xavier Woods didn't want any part of that.
0: And if your front seven's not making plays like Kyle Yeomans was talking about, then it's up to the back end to get the guy on the ground. Mm -hmm. Somebody has got to tackle somebody. And get them on the ground before they pick up nine yards. I mean, it's it's dang near a first down every time they snap the football in the running game. Why would you have anybody throwing the football down the field? There wasn't any reason to. And you're getting five and six
2: yards without contact. Yeah, I mean, there's no excuse for backs to be getting to the second level without anybody touching them. it's just it's not a recipe for success at all.
0: Nope. And they didn't have success. And now they're you know they're one and three getting ready for the Giants, and everybody's scratching their head wondering. Did they hire the right guy? Did they hire the right D.C.? Do they have the right personnel? What's going on with this football team? 356, we're going to step aside, and we're coming back with more of the Matt Mosley Show. And Matt, with the day, uh, with the day off under the weather, and uh, we're back with more in a moment. The uh, Matt Mosley Show is brought to you in part by Central National Bank.
6: Recently on Game Time, if we can figure out a way to
0: run the football, control the line of scrimmage a little bit, control the, can we keep our stinking defense off the field? They're three incompletions and a punt, and next thing you know, <laughs> here they go again.
7: Yeah, I mean, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yes. That's in what th- I'm talking about with the running no, game. In theory, in theory, I get, I get it, and in, 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 in that fits. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you: they gave up 20. Four first first downs in the first half. <laughs>
8: 24. You don't get 24
7: first downs in a game for crying out loud. They gave up 30 first downs in three quarters. They got 24 first half first downs. If that doesn't make you just sit back and say, could somebody hand me a Marlboro, please? I, I just need a cigarette. <laughs> I just need I just need to burn one here real quick before, so I can figure out what
6: I need to say. It, it, it's mind numbing. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. First Central Credit Union has expanded
0: our playbook.
9: Yes, you can. Score big at First Central Credit Union with the First Central debit or ATM card. You can deposit cash up to 50 bills or checks in our local ATM 24-7. Touchdown, yes you can, on your own time at First Central's Enhanced ATM. Everything we do, we do for you. Open an account online at FirstCentralCU.com today.
10: Subject to membership eligibility. Member NCUA. Looking for quality plants at affordable prices? Would you like your yard transformed from an unmaintained pile of weeds to a yard that looks like a beautiful park and increases the value of your property? Barrera's Nursery and Landscape is the place for seasonal plants, shrubs, trees, and perennials, as well as a wide variety of bulk material and landscape rock. Locally owned and operated for over 20 years, Barrera's Nursery and Landscape open every day 9 till 5 at 201 Sun Valley Drive in Hewitt or call them at 254-666-9806.
9: Stonewood Dental is your comfortable and remarkable home for a full spectrum of general dentistry starting at age six months. They feature a specialized treatment of TMJ pain known as biostetics, the highest degree of bite correction treatment that relieves patients of pain and gives them the smile of a lifetime. From simple fillings to full cosmetic reconstruction, Stonewood Dental also specializes in oral or IV sedation, implants, and wisdom teeth removal. They accept most insurance policies, including Medicaid and chips at Stonewood Dental in Robinson.
11: Automatic Chef Canteen is Central Texas premier break room vending service provider. Automatic Chef offers micro markets, office coffee and tea service, breakfast, lunch and dinner products, touchless vending, cashless payments, innovative technology. Let Automatic Chef Canteen design a break room that fits your specific needs. For over 50 years, Central Texas companies have relied on Automatic Chef Canteen for all their break room needs. Automatic Chef Canteen, 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco and online at
12: AutomaticChefCanteen.com dot com.
9: At Marineland Boating Center we believe in families, fishing and everyone who enjoys being on the water. That's why Marineland is home to Alumacraft. Boats designed and built by generations of fishing enthusiasts for fishing enthusiasts. For over 70 years, Alumacraft has been providing durability and innovation. Whether it's time for water sports or the perfect catch, we've got an Alumacraft model to fit your style and budget. Marineland Boating Center I-35 at Loop 340 South or visit MarinelandWacoYamaha.com.
6: K R Z I Waco, K two 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 D C Waco. This
12: station is now the ultimate power in the universe. K
6: two six five D V Temple. This is ESPN Central Texas.
0: Four hundred one. We welcome you back into the program. This is the Matt Mosley Show. Tom Barfield in from Matt, along with Stephen Simcox. We're glad you're with us. The uh, Matt Mosley Show on this Wednesday afternoon is brought to you in part by Central National Bank. Uh, Coming up, we're going to uh, visit with the uh, Midway Panthers head football coach, Jeff Hume. That'll be coming up on the program. We're also going to revisit a uh, conversation we had earlier today with Sean Salisbury, uh, former NFL quarterback, now talk show host out of the Houston, Texas area. and He talked about the Astros and and their terrific start uh, in postseason play, starting off what five and zero, and they're in a little trouble right now. They just gave up another bomb, and it's a four two ball game in favor of the uh, Oakland A's. However, it is in the fifth inning, so there's plenty of time for uh, for Dusty Baker's bunch. But uh, we'll get to uh, we'll get to a conversation that we had with uh, with Sean Salisbury, and that'll be coming up a little later on in this hour as well. Next hour, we'll. Uh, we'll uh we'll uh visit with uh the uh greg tepper from yeah. uh, dave campbell's texas football magazine he was on unr earlier today mm-hmm. and i'm gonna tell you I, i've told i've told q this uh, i just love listening to greg talk high school football the knowledge that he possesses and then the passion that he brings when he talks about texas schoolboy football it uh it's it's fun and then of course he's part of that uh that show every every friday night uh on Fox Sports Southwest, their, uh, their high school football scoreboard program with uh, Craig Way, and uh, they have that program for you on Fox Sports Southwest. So he'll be with us a little later on as well.
2: Yeah, they do a really good job. Uh, so we'll hear from Greg. Also, we'll have some Dave Aranda audio coming up at 440 today. He spoke, even though it's a bye week, this will be the one time we get to hear from a media-wise this week. So we'll rerun some of that. But uh, while we're waiting on Coach Hume time, uh, I got some college football notes so we can run sure. through that here in this segment four o'clock we usually talk uh we call it campus confidential and we usually talk about college football and i want to get your thoughts i saw this headline on 247 sports today lincoln riley not taking uh texas lightly which yeah of course he, he's not going to it's still a huge game um he's so texas has been struggling defensively here's what coach riley said about chris ash and that texas defense he said on ash yeah he's done a good job it's obviously a small sample size right now, but everybody in college football knows the kind of coordinator that he is, the defensive mind he is, and the success that he's had. So let me ask you this Tom. Texas OU, we thought this was gonna be like almost a, a big 12 title game in some ways or at least a good a preview of a it preview of it. It's not looking like that right now. Nope. <laughs> so who who has more pressure this weekend? I mean OUs. Staring three losses in the face in a row. If they when lose. is
0: the last time that's happened? I mean, I, I have I needed to, I meant to look that up to uh, between shows, but I can't remember the last time that OU's lost three consecutive games, particularly three consecutive conference games.
2: I know they hadn't lost two regular season games in a row since 1999. So. I don't know if it was that year that they lost three in a row, or, or if it was a while back before that. But it's it's been a long time.
0: To me, the pressure's on OU because the expectation was higher starting the season on Oklahoma. Texas was there. I mean, there was a top ten program, but Oklahoma was uh, they were carrying the banner, if you will, for the Big Twelve as far as as far as the. Uh, the, the uh, playoff, p- playoff hopes. hopes were concerned, more so than Texas, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, no one was ruling Texas out. If Texas was going to have the season that everybody thought that Texas could have, they were going to be – again, it's right back to what you said. It was Texas and OU kind of previewing the the uh, Big 12 championship game because all you heard all summer and all spring was it's – it's the, the league is top-heavy. The league is top-heavy, meaning – Let's translate. You got Texas, you got Oklahoma, and maybe Oklahoma State, and then you got everybody else. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was kind of the conversation. But that's not the case right now. Mm -hmm. Right now you got Kansas State, uh, Iowa State, and, uh, you know. And,
2: uh, yeah, Oklahoma State. And
0: Oklahoma State, yeah.
2: And Oklahoma State, I mean, they had high preseason expectations, but they were supposed to be, you know, the dark horse Mm -hmm. along with Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, I'll disagree with you slightly. I'd say more pressure's on Texas just because – to me, OU, they're out of the playoff hunt. Now, they could still run the table and be a factor in the Big 12 race, but I think that's unlikely just given how they're playing right now, even though, you know, the last few years we've seen them run the league. UT, with one loss, still has a chance to, to get this thing right, and they're going to have to find a way to win on Saturday. If you lose on Saturday and you move to, um, you know, 2-2 two and two on the season and 1-2 and on Big 12 play, then you have huge issues, and that, I think that seat gets hotter for uh for our guy tom herman down there in Austin. At, at
0: 22 in the country at 22 in the country does texas really have a legitimate chance to get to the the tournament to get in that t- that top four i i i it, think the big 12 is done i think the big 12 is toast i think you're talking two secs you're talking an acc in clemson and you're talking about ohio state or somebody like that out of the big 10 now Should should something should Clemson or Alabama somehow some way stumble then, then maybe you're right. Then maybe it is Texas with one loss, and hopefully we can get you you can get Texas back in the hunt. You know, so we'll see. And and then don't forget, there's a lot of teams, Stephen, sitting there with just one loss in Big Twelve conference play. So you know we're talking about Texas, but that's because everybody was talking about Texas at the beginning of the year. But you look around; there's several. Just, I mean, w- mm-hmm. what if they make a run right here in River City? I mean, you know, there's a lot of what ifs. We're, we're early on, and, and again, this is a deal where you don't. It's a lot of times you don't play your way in; you play your way out. And, and I think that's what you were referring to with Oklahoma. They played their way out of the out of the uh, out of the out of the mix.
2: Yeah, it, it's very early, and this is a weird season. So I think if there was a year where you could see an SEC champion with two or three losses, this would be the year because they're only playing conference games and it's, you, know, you could look up and, Oh man, Alabama has to play without a, uh, without four or five, you know, starters because of contact tracing and COVID protocol and that type of thing. Um, I'm glad you mentioned the playoff though. That does bring me to sort of my next point, which is the PAC 12. They released uh, their preseason media poll today. They're still going to play football, Tom. They said they weren't, <laughs> but they're back to it. Um, and Oregon is picked to win the North division. USC, picked to win the south division uh so Oregon's been somewhat of a factor Mario Cristobal's in a nice job recruiting there they're not playing though until November so I mean is the Pac-12 completely out of it in your view as far as postseason football goes no
0: but they should be
2: okay don't you think I mean are you going to get enough
0: are you going to get a big enough sample size from From the Pac-12 to really give them a a fair judgment, a- and here's the other thing: I, I did notice that the the uh, they're going to back up uh, what a week. That's it. They're going to back up one week on the uh, on the selection of the. Yeah,
2: uh, it's going to be like December nineteenth instead of December twelfth. Right. Probably. So
0: they're going to back it up a week, which allows the Pac-12 to play an additional uh, get an additional game in. But I, in my opinion, you know. What are you? What are you going to have? Six weeks worth of football for the Pac-12 before they uh, they have to make some decisions.
2: Well, I, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for sure. I yeah. mean, you know, Oregon at least I feel like has the respect of uh, of the committee. But even if they go seven and zero, win a Pac-12 title, I don't know how much weight that holds in comparison to a Big Twelve team playing ten games. You know. I mean Clemson, we feel like we can just rubber stamp them in there because yep. they're probably not going to stumble more than once. Notre Dame's a, a pretty solid team, but you know in the past few years we've seen those two schools face off and it hasn't gone well for the Fighting Irish.
0: Well, that's what I was talking about with 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 the Big 12. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to leap way too many teams to put yourself in a position to to get in, and I just don't think it's going to happen. So, but we'll see. We shall see. It's 10 after four. We continue with Campus Confidential here on a Wednesday afternoon.
2: Yeah, um, Tom, one more note here on the college football world and just kind of what's going on. Uh, former Florida State coach Bobby Bowden has been hospitalized with COVID-19. Now, not to alarm anybody too much, he, he hasn't experienced uh, many symptoms aside from just fatigue right now, but he is 90 years old. So they took him to the hospital uh, for precautionary reasons. His wife says she hopes that he'll be end up being okay and uh, that, you know, hopefully he'll just be a a couple days in the hospital.
0: Now, wasn't he recently in the hospital with some kind of uh, leg injury or leg
2: infection or something to that effect? He had a leg infection, and that's when he tested positive. So, essentially, through the treatment of that, they found out that he also is dealing with COVID. Right now, his only symptoms, though, are fatigue. So, hopefully, Coach Bowden will uh, will end up being okay.
0: There you go. It's 10 after 4 o'clock, 410. This is... This is the Matt Mosley Show. Tom Barfield in for Matt, along with Stephen Simcox. We're glad you're with us. Our CMC Collision Center text line is open for you at 254-662-1660, 254-662-1660.
2: Yeah, we got a text, Tom. It uh, says, it's not just the Pac-12. Division one college football has never had a big enough sample size to, uh, to make good decisions. Do you, well... I understand what you're saying. I just I don't know if you can play more than 12 games. I mean, teams are playing more games than they ever have before. What's your thoughts on expansion? Tom? Uh, they have to, in, okay. in my
0: mind. I mean, if if in my mind, it's eight teams. I think eight. If you are really seeking out the top two teams in in the country, the best two teams to get to the title game, they get now they got to win their way there. But I, I think you have to pick all five of your conference champions. That shuts everybody up on that front, and then you go get a couple of at large teams. Uh, so if, if you stump stump your toe in September, your season's not over. So you got to get a couple of teams there. There's seven, and then you got to go get somebody. Uh, you know, Stephen. There, there's always the, those the talk of the FCS teams that that never get a that never get that opportunity. We'll go find the best one of the best. Mm-hmm. And I would like to see them go back. To, you remember the BCS and all that, and, and the formulas that they use. Instead, take the selection aspect totally out of it. Use that formula to determine the top eight teams in the country, and those are the ones that, that go to, to the tournament.
2: Well, in, I mean, in an, in an eight-team scenario, you could have, obviously, the five power conferences. Whoever wins the conference gets an automatic bid. And then you could pick a group of five. So if you think the American with SMU and UCF and Memphis is the best sort of second-tier conference in America – then you could give them an automatic bid or give one group of five team an at-large, and then you'd have a couple at-large bids left. So you'd still have some debate. You'd still have some discussion. Whoever finished ninth would still be upset, but you wouldn't have nearly as much, you know, kind of weeping and gnashing of teeth as opposed to the the fifth team, which, I mean, there are years where team number five, it's pretty clear they can't compete. There are also years where team number five, it looks like they might win a national championship if it fell the right way.
0: And this year, I don't know what happens. I mean, it, it may be, it may be, the, you know, it may be clear cut, and it, it may, it may be just totally confusing. So, who knows what uh, what they're able to do with that? So, we'll see uh, as the as the season rolls along. But you, I, I personally would like to see. The, uh, the 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 uh, yeah. tournament expand to eight teams. I, I call it a tournament; it's the playoffs. So, uh, I would like to see them expand to eight teams. And and you know what? Uh, when you start talking about eight teams, you're talking about more what money. And so the distribution of money, you know that that merry-go-round just uh, gets bigger. And and you know there's, there's there's and quite frankly, it's a business. So why not expand to eight? And then someone's going to say, well, if you're going to go to eight, why not go to? You know. At mm-hmm. some point, you've got to stop. But you're, you're, st- you're, trying to, you're trying to give the best teams in the country an opportunity without debate to a degree. I mean, you're all, and you're right. Number nine is going to be mad. Number 10 is going to say, hey, you know what, why weren't we in there? I get all that. But if you've got eight teams, I think, I think the best teams or the best couple of teams in the country are going to be in that field debate, and then they've got to go earn their way to the championship game.
2: Well, and once you get to 16-32, I mean, that's essentially what, you know, Division two, II, Division three does with their playoff format. And then you lose the bowl games, which is – I know a lot of people get tired of how many bowl games there are. And what it essentially is is just stuff ESPN can put on television during the holidays. But they're
0: also fundraisers for charities in those mm-hmm. communities. I mean, just because they're, they're not good games and just because they're not uh, – well attended sometimes there's still great there's still great charity events associated with those bowl games
2: and they're important to those communities there are it's it's another chance for those guys to compete and i mean yeah you get some duds but you also get some really you know fun random games Mm -hmm. between uh, opponents that you don't usually see so i think eventually it'll go to eight but right now it's going to stay at four and you're right this year might prove more than ever that you you need expansion because it's going to be uh, really in the eyes of the beholder who, who the best teams are when we get done with uh, a COVID-shortened season.
0: All right, 415, we're going to step aside right here. This is the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas.
2: There's a reason customers drive from all over Texas to buy a Ram pickup truck from Cameron Flex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. <laughs>
13: This is the Fox 44 weather update. I'm meteorologist Emily Kay. It's going to be a mild night across central Texas with lows reaching the upper 50s and lower 60s with mostly clear skies and winds coming in from the east about 5 to 10 miles per hour. Thursday will start off with temperatures in the lower 60s. Highs will be in the mid to upper 80s in the afternoon with mostly sunny skies. Friday will be slightly cooler with highs around 80 degrees with partly cloudy skies. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 5.30 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather.
9: At Marineland Boating Center, we believe in families, fishing, and everyone who enjoys being on the water. That's why Marineland is home to Alumacraft boats designed and built by generations of fishing enthusiasts for fishing enthusiasts. For over 70 years, Alumacraft has been providing durability and innovation. Whether it's time for water sports or the perfect catch, we've got an Illumicraft model to fit your style and budget. Marineland Boating Center, I-35 at Loop 340 South, or visit MarinelandWacoYamaha.com. Um. Experience the homemade food and unique atmosphere that everyone is talking about at Fox's Treats and Eats.
2: This 1950s-style diner serves one-of-a-kind sandwiches on their homemade bread, salads, soups, pies, cakes, and cookies, all made fresh daily. Enjoy Fox's Treats and Eats malts, shakes, floats, and sundaes while enjoying music from the 50s. Fox's Treats and Eats, adjacent to the Cedar Chest Antique Mall, Highway 84 near McGregor.
5: Today's job market is full of demand for skilled trade workers. Electricians, welders, mechanics, these and other trades are the backbone of every community. They're also a huge part in making sure the Army National Guard is always fulfilling its mission of service to our country and communities. Soldiers train to keep the power flowing, engines running, and supplies moving. The skilled trades these soldiers perform are the same ones needed in today's civilian workforce. Army National Guard soldiers are on the fast track to learning skills that can set them up for success at home with companies looking to hire the best. With options from plumber to helicopter mechanic and everything in between, soldiers are able to select the trades that best fit their lives. Their resumes are being built through their paid training and part-time service. Find out how you, too, can learn a trade profession and serve your community and country by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Texas Army National Guard. Aired by the Texas Association of Broadcasters and this station.
15: Hey Central Texas, this is Julio Castillo, owner and operator of Jack Roofing and Exteriors. Let's talk Roofing for Dummies 101. First you want to breathe, second you want to seal, and third you want to defend. Today we're going to talk about the breathing component of your roofing system. You want your roofing system to breathe properly for balanced ventilation. For more information check us out online at jacroofs.com or call us directly at 254-732-2872. Here at Jack Roofing and Exteriors, we are making customers happy. One. Roof roof at a time
0: well fall is here the weather is great over at Allen Samuels and Ram is going to extend one of their biggest truck events the Ram Power Days and it's back through November the 2nd so get a great deal on a new 2020 Ram Lone Star Cab a crew cab with a Hemi or EcoDiesel zero percent for 72 months no payments for 90 days or choose a nine thousand two hundred fifty dollar Cash Incentive Ram has the highest pickup owner loyalty in America and a lot of dealerships have been having a tough time getting fresh inventory, but not at Allen Samuels. You see, fortunately, Allen Samuels has multiple dealerships uh, throughout the state and across the country to uh, to get to get uh, to get dealerships they got locators and all they got to do is jump on there and if you're looking for a particular type of vehicle a particular type of truck they can get that for you they can get you exactly what you're looking for and that includes your your business folks and all of your farmers and ranchers and and all those folks i mean it's i've seen it in action it's it's they've got a locator and you uh You'll be glad that they did. And, again, they, they'll reach out all across the state and, and all across the country, for that matter, and they can get that vehicle here in just a couple of days. For you Jeep fans, Jeep Adventure Days has also been extended. Right now, get uh, employee pricing. How about that? Employee pricing for all new 2020 Gladiator Sport with no payments for 90 days, plus the Tougher Than Nails 2020 Jeep Renegade. Zero for 72, no payments for 90 days, and up to $6,250 in cash and and uh, uh, subprime offers. As always, offers are with approved credit, and you can see dealer for complete details. Alan Samuels, your friend in the car business and FCA Customer First Award of Excellence winner. That's Alan Samuels, the official car dealer of the Heart of Texas Fair and Rodeo. When shopping for a home mortgage, Benchmark
15: Mortgage, Waco Central Texas is ready to bring you home. Offering conventional VA, FHA, and USDA loan products for purchase and refinance transactions. Our team is committed to providing a first-class experience and united by the Benchmark core values. Success, relationship, dynamic, excellence, and positive attitude. We provide certainty in uncertain times. Benchmark Mortgage, Waco Central Texas. Locally owned and operated by Adam Goldenberg. MLS number 747. With 20 years experience, visit adamgoldenberg.benchmark.us.
6: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
15: I'm
16: Garrett Ross of ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Brought to you by McAdams & Sons Roofing. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com. Sean Salisbury of Sports Talk 790 in Houston joined Game Time this morning to discuss the power struggle within the Texans organization and what to expect from the front office going forward.
4: I think they're headed in a direction that most of us aren't prepared for or or, or don't want to see. And when Jack Easterby, Bill O'Brien, got together and ran Brian Gain out, and the same things that made them smirk and smile, I guess, are the same things that are going to make them cry, or at least Bill O'Brien, because Jack Easterby now got the year of Cal McNair and that, that he's going to stay there in that position of power, and he ran Bill O'Brien out.
16: The La Vega Pirates have lost another game this season due to COVID after Brownwood ISD announced they'd be canceling their next two games because of positive
6: tests. The matchup with La Vega was scheduled for October 16th. Sports Center, every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas.
0: 422, this is the Matt Mosley program on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Barfield and Stephen Simcox in for Matt. And- a lot of folks wondering where is Matt, and well, Matt is at home resting, uh, resting comfortably. He uh, he was involved in a bicycle accident last Friday afternoon, around right before the show, Stephen, or right around mm-hmm. three o'clock. Uh, he was riding his bicycle and was involved in an in an accident. And thank goodness there was uh, medical personnel that happened to be in the area, and uh, they immediately started treating Matt, and then got him over to the hospital. And they've uh, they've taken great care of him. So Matt is is getting better, and uh, in fact, I understand that he may be going back for some checkups on Friday, and uh, hopefully we'll learn more then and pass it along to you, but uh, uh, please keep Matt in your thoughts and in your prayers.
2: Yeah, pretty uh, scary stuff, but mm-hmm. good to see that Matt's you know, recovering. Um, that accident happened Friday, actually. Reached out to him Friday afternoon before our show and got a message back from a, a paramedic, so thankful for those guys for being on the scene, and um you know as soon as he's able to be back we'll we'll get him on the air and we'll be happy to you know hear his takes i'm sure he's got a lot of opinions on what's going on in the sports world but more pressing matters obviously with his recovery so i uh, just pray he gets back uh, to hell soon
0: all right uh, 424 earlier today on uh, the uh, game time program with yours truly and glenn stretch smith and garrett ross we had a chance to catch up with uh Sean Salisbury, we talked some Astros baseball. And by the way, Stephen Cox, how about those Astros? We're we're all Astros fans all of a sudden.
2: Oh, man. Uh, what is it, a two-run bomb? A two-run Diaz? two-run bomb by Diaz. So it's four two A's. They actually had the bases loaded in the top of the fifth. Looks like they might break this thing open and, um, you know, win this one sort of comfortably. And that did not happen. They did score a run and go at four two. And then the bottom of the half of the inning – uh Diaz for the Astros hit a two-run bomb so now we're tied up at four in the bottom of the fifth just
0: demoralizing if you're Oakland oh yeah fight to get a lead fight to get a lead and next thing you know Houston's hitting a bomb and there you go it's 4-4
2: Houston's just had a response every single time Oakland's made something happen they've come back and and responded you know in the first inning today uh the A's hit a solo home run on the top of the first Astros came back with Altuve hit a bomb and they had you know two runs in the first inning so they've just had an answer um every single half inning and and oakland
0: starter goes four and a third we just talked about you got to stretch your starters out and preserve the bullpen five consecutive days of baseball and the uh athletic starter makes it a whopping four and a third
2: yeah i feel like it might just be three consecutive days of baseball time we'll see there's still a lot of baseball we played and it's only a tie ball game but the a's just look pretty mentally drained right now
0: All right, 425, and again, earlier today, we had a chance to catch up with with Sean Salisbury talking uh, some Astros baseball, talking some Houston Texans football, and we did it earlier today on Game Time from ESPN Central Texas. We're joined now by Sean Salisbury from uh, Sports Talk 790 down in Houston. Sean, good morning. Thanks for the time. Let's uh, dive into the Astros, man. This is one red-hot baseball team right now.
4: Yeah, and probably, much to people in Houston, chagrin, the most hated Sports franchise in, in sports right now because they are the villain after what went on. But you know what? At some point, they themselves, if nobody else does, has to put and they made their bed. They got to sleep in it, and they have. And you know, without fans in the stands for the most part, they've they've had it. I don't want to say that COVID's been easy on anybody, but what they would have went through if thirty-five or forty thousand were in the stands. But they catch you know they catch hell on social media. But what happened is for their stars have not been hitting all year, and finally. Springer and Bregman and Altuve and Correa, it's postseason. They seem to that, that swagger. They don't feed off the pitching in postseason now like they did with Cole and Verlander. It's when they're scoring runs, their swagger and their chest sticks out a little farther, and they the bats are alive and well and the balls flying out of the park. And Springer is a great postseason player, and they're getting unbelievable pitching from young guys like you know Framber Valdez, whose stuff finally has come to fruition, and Christian Javier and or KD will start game three. It's been phenomenal for a bunch of young pitchers, that some of them weren't supposed to be playing in the major leagues this year, and the bats are starting to light up, and when they do, the Astros' swagger kicks in, and they're a dangerous team because their lineup is exhausting for starting pitching. When you're going through it, you don't get to breathe a sigh anywhere. So, yeah, then Now, while they've still got a ways to go, they clinch today and get some rest and wait on the Yankees and Tampa series, but it is a... They, they, they know they're not very well liked right now and they are set out to prove something because they do have something to prove after what they've been through and uh, they're playing well right now.
6: Sean,
7: I appreciate your well-roundedness and talking a little baseball with us. Now let's get into your passion, what you love to do, what you've done your whole life. Obviously you're a heck of an NFL quarterback and did a great job when you shifted gears, went to ESPN and, and all the things that you've accomplished. Let's go, let's talk football and, and, you, and you know it's my passion. What's – what is going on down there with the the upper echelon of the Texans? What's I mean, one minute it's 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 Cal's decision, one minute uh, Bill O'Brien ran out, pretty much ran out Rick Smith, then he got rid of Brian Gain. Uh, where do you see this franchise going in the direction that that McNair might go to take, you know, to take this thing to the next level?
4: Well, they I think they're headed in a direction that most of us Aren't prepared for or, or, or don't want to see, and when when Jack Easterby, who's got a patriot background, and Bill O'Brien, brought Easterby in, they both you know got together and ran Brian Gain out, and the same things that made them smirk and smile, I guess, are the same things that are going to make them cry, or at least Bill O'Brien, because now it's almost as if Jack Easterby said, well. I don't like what's going on. We've made some bad trades. Maybe I got Cal McNair's ear, because Cal's not a – I've said for a long time, when is Cal going to grow a set? And we're going to hear from Cal McNair making decisions on why give so much power to Bill O'Brien. And we all thought Bill not only had the ear, but told Cal McNair what to do, not asked him. Well, apparently – and I asked Ian Rappaport this today, Stretch. I said, did Jack Easterby stab Bill O'Brien in the back? for this job he hesitated pregnant pause and came up with an answer he said i don't want i i I don't i don't know he said but but basically when i read between the lines there's stuff out that there the power struggles real that jack easterby now got the ear of cal mcnair and that that he's going to stay there in that position of power and he ran bill o'brien out now we may never hear the entire story but the power struggle the disagreement with some of the things that have gone on and while they both ran Brian Gain out, the same guy that brought Jack Easterby in is the same guy now that somehow made his way up the hallway and has Cal McNair's ear. And I don't think Cal is, is uh, well, I don't know, pushy is the right word or micro enough. I think he wants to hand it to somebody. And in that struggle with an 0-4 start and some of the trades have been made, it was the old I confess, at least this is how we look at it, I confess it's Bill O'Brien's fault. Bill's out and Jack Easterby's got And I asked Ian the same thing. I said Will Jack Easterby in 2021 have the most power in this organization. He unequivocally said yes.
7: Well, and that so that speaks volumes about what's going on there. Sean, talk talk to us a little bit about his background. I this is a guy it seems like one minute he's in player programs, is he is he a capologist. Yeah, he came out of New England, but nobody really knows what Jack Easterby's background is. What is his real background? Hey.
4: Stretch. We're asking the same thing. We're asking the same thing. Well, what what are qualifications to come here and and be handed this job? And then all of a sudden, what is he going to be the president of football operations who hires a GM that is just a GM by by title, bringing in somebody else that's in his, you know, New England Patriots, you know, down that 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 highway? Um, Is he a guy who's an expert in capology? Is he a a talent evaluator. Now, you, there, there's two... There's not a lot in between on Jack Easterby. There is the school of thought that, you know, the people who are in his corner hold him in high regard. Now, hold him in high regard, now, does that mean they think he's a great football guy? People seem to like him that are in his corner. I don't know him from Adam other than what I read and what I see of the football side. I'm sure he's a good guy, but we're talking about football now, and then there's the other side that thinks he's an agenda-filled guy. That he's, he's looking to take the step after step after step. So, Has he gone and changed the franchise around? No. Has he ever led a franchise? No. Has he ever been the the lead dog that scouted talent and made trades and done it all by himself? Absolutely not. But now with the trade deadline coming on an 0-4 team where they've traded away all their draft picks and wondering now that Bill O'Brien's not there for those two to battle each other, the question remains is, so if you turn it over to Jack Easterby now, do you head down the, okay, now we're going to go get another guy, Nick Casario in New England? and I'm still going to make the decisions, and then we're going to hire Josh McDaniels as the new head coach. Most people think that that's kind of the path, but Stretch, we're asking the same thing. What what qualifies? I know he's been around good people, but is this franchise in the best hands going forward? And the majority of people in this town that I've talked to don't think so nationally. They tread a little lightly. But there's two schools of thought: the people that like him and the people that don't. There's no in between.
7: Well, and, and here, foot- here here will be my final thought here on this, Sean. And, and and I know again, I go to your I go to your football background. You've been you've been around a lot of coaches. I mean, a guy that played in the CFL, a guy that made his way to the NFL, a guy that's played in the NFL, understands offenses, defenses, schemes, uh, coaches, all, all of those things. The one thing I go back to is all of these New England guys, point to me one of them, whether it's Charlie Weiss, Romeo Cronell, Josh McDaniels. Uh, uh, well, I mean, we could go on and on here. Eric Mangini, all, have any of them done anything outside of New England? And what would lead you to believe that that's the right direction to go, that you just take your pen and say, boy, let's fit, let, let's pencil in this cat and he's going to come in here and get it done like they do in New England? I wouldn't do it. Stretch, I,
4: I, now listen, I, there's no argument with me. Belichick's the best in the business, and very few guys have an eye for talent, can coach it, make adjustments. All the things that great coaches and personnel people do, Belichick was blessed with the, 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 the Pat Mahomes ability, the Tom Brady pocket presence, the Troy Aikman toughness, all in one when it comes to coaching and, and front office. So there's one of them. I, I wouldn't do it, Stretch, because no, the, I'll tell you what, You just named a whole bunch—Romeo, Romeo, Romeo, Cornell, all those guys. You named a whole bunch of great assistants and coordinators. They're they're awesome. Hey, if I want, look, look what Josh McDaniels has done with Cam Newton after losing Brady. That's great. The problem is, can they can they lead men and can we win? Now, Brian Flores, I'm going to give him a chance to see, as he seems to be a guy that stepped out of. I like a little bit of what Belichick, but I'm going to do some of the stuff I do, and I'm willing to give him a chance, just like I would anybody. But. I also think that we get caught up in this, that everybody's like Bill. And, no, one of these things is is much different than the others because I think it also speaks to the heavy hand and how good Bill Belichick actually is. Because when they leave there, number one is they're going to a bad team. They all try to add this abrasive toughness. There's very few that can get away from it the way Matt Patricia, they don't endear themselves. Not that you have to kiss anybody's rear end, but there's a way to do it, and Bill's done it his way for a long time, and these guys just can't right now. Now, maybe some a second chance when they get it that they'll have the opportunity that it'll turn around like Belichick when he got his second chance. But for me, Stretch, I'd go in a completely different direction. I, I don't trust that tree right now. I trust an Andy Reid tree. I trust some new guys that may deserve an opportunity. I don't only trust it as a coach. I don't, I, I'm not real sure I like it as a front office because Belichick's hand has been with New England. And those guys that leave, they always either come back or they're never quite as successful in the front office either without him, even though John Robinson's doing a good job in Tennessee. Belichick's got his hand in it, but it's the coaching thing that concerns me. And I'll tell you what I need as a GM. I need a guy who's played it, that understands it, that's been around personnel, that's watched it, that studies it, that's a grinder, but also knows people. There's guys out there um, that that maybe not be people are talking about but there's a couple of them and one right down the interstate from, from you guys and from me that I'd like. But I've been saying for two years war number eight in Dallas because I think that'd be great. I'd love that one. But you know what? We'll see if that happens. And there's some other guys, assistant in Kansas City, assistant in Indianapolis. But I, I'm, I'm ready for somebody to step outside and say the New England Patriots way is not the only way. There's other people that are doing it just as well or better.
0: That was Sean Salisbury with uh, Stretch Smith and me earlier today on uh, ESPN Central Texas. Steven, uh, he he has some interesting takes. I mean, he pulled no punches. He said the Astros, they're lucky basically that uh, that there was nobody in the stadium this year because he said that they need to take their medicine and, and they would have gotten it had there been fans in the stands. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, yeah, they did luck out in that regard. Uh, now, I still think it affected them because they didn't play particularly well in the regular season. Doesn't matter now because it looks like, you know, they might be headed to the ALCS here in a couple hours if they finish this thing off. They're up 6-4 right now in the bottom of the fifth.
0: uh, Four unanswered in the uh, the bottom of the fifth. Mm -hmm. It's a four-run fifth for the Astros, and they've got runners in scoring position now, so up 6-4 and still looking for more.
2: But, Tom, I mean, you know baseball is a mental game. Sure it is. If you're looking at a 162-game schedule and every single time you're on the road, people are just giving you the business because mm-hmm. they hate you and want you to hear about how you're a cheater. You're a cheater. I mean, that's, that's going to take a, a toll on a team. Um, you know, I think about different sport, but I think about, like, the Miami Heat. That first year they all got together with LeBron and Dwayne and Bosh, and they were just public enemy number one. And eventually that caught up to them, I and they end up losing in the finals. But, yeah, if, if there were full stadiums just booing the Astros every night, then that would be a, a much different situation. But and
0: can you imagine what, just just think about this, and I know it was a limited schedule, 60 games, mm-hmm. limited cities that they went to as well, but when they went to those cities, don't you know talk radio, don't you know television, don't you know social media just blistered them every time they showed up in that town? Because the people in Houston are, are you know, they're not exactly... Uh, happy with them right now. I guarantee you they're happy with them now with this team going like it's going. And there's uh, there's, there's going to be another hit, run.
2: Kyle Tucker. So, so it's 7-4 now. Uh,
0: yep, a seven. and this is a five-run bottom of the fifth and a lot of it done with two outs in the bottom of the fifth inning. So Houston just uh, shellacking the athletics uh, bullpen right now. And the Oakland starter only went four and a third. But even the city of Houston not, not exactly real happy with what the Astros uh, you know, what, what their situation is. So, all right, 438-22 in front of five. We are rolling through a – what is this? I keep forgetting what day it is. It's a Wednesday, Tom. Thank it's, you. It's a Wednesday, buddy. Keep me posted. Keep me posted. I, I, I had me I, – I had us moving on to Thursday already. Uh, 22 away from five. This is the Matt Mosley Show. We're back with more in just a moment. <laughs> This high school football
3: coaching show with Lorena coach Ray Biles brought to you by Lorena Athletic Association and Triple S Sports. The Lorena Leopards now three and two on the season, one and one in district play after a 49 to 41 loss to the Troy Trojans. Coaching that game, it was a score for score matchup until the third quarter when the Leopards were handed a, a couple of bad breaks.
17: Well, we did. We, you know, turned the ball over uh, a couple of times and, you know, they, they, Executed and and got the ball in and kind of turned the field on us. And, and, you know, that was the difference in the ball game down the stretch in the second half. We didn't match a couple scores, and then we made a pretty fast run at the end, got an onside kick, got another score back, but then we couldn't couldn't get the ball back, and they ran the clock out. So, anyway, uh, you know, they're blessed with a good running back, and he had a great night, and we didn't tackle him very well. And,
3: uh, you know, that was kind of the story of the night. You mentioned their running back, Zach Herbacek. He is hard to stop, except maybe for Joe Gutshaw. He seemed to, to stop him anytime he came to his side, but they kept running away from Joe.
17: Yeah, Joe's, Joe's a tremendous athlete, did a great job all night long of, of uh, defeating blockers. And, you know, the great news about Joe is he's a sophomore. So, you know, he's going to be around for a couple more years doing things like that. And uh, he had a fantastic ball game and, and really played up. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to have some other guys step up like Joe did.
3: Midway through the second quarter, you changed quarterbacks. What brought that about?
17: Well, we planned to use Ryan some uh, this week anyway. We got him off the injury list, and, um, you know, he's been out all season, and uh, he was one of our quarterbacks at the beginning of the season. And so uh, it was an opportunity to get him uh, involved in the in the offense, and, the, and we're glad we did because uh, Ben smet Hammer got a boo-boo later on in the ballgame and had to bring him out. And so, uh, you know, Ryan finished the ballgame out for us, and, uh, you know, It's a learning process. He's on a learning curve, but, uh, you know, he's going to be fine.
6: ESPN Central Texas.
12: The Lorena Athletic Association meets the first Monday of each month, and they invite all supporters of the Leopards and the Lady Leopards to become members and attend the meetings. Last year, the Lorena Athletic Association awarded 12 scholarships to deserving Lorena ISD students. They also try to provide needed items each year from the high school and junior high coaches' wish lists. The Lorena Athletic Association is seeking volunteers to work concession stands at home sporting events. Call Lorena High School for more information or check them out on Facebook.
15: Triple S Sports is your one-stop shop for all baseball and softball gear. They have the latest bats, gloves, balls, and equipment from the names you know and trust. Rawlings, Louisville Slugger, DeMarini, Wilson, Easton, Mizuno, Under Armour, and New Balance. Play ball. Triple S Sports can also take care of your team uniform needs with their large selection of the latest sublimated apparel and custom caps. Ask about team, league, and school special discounts. Stop by their warehouse in Waco or visit them at triplesports.com. You're out.
9: My house has a new glow I love my window
6: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
16: I'm Garrett Ross with the ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Brought to you by McAdams & Sons Roofing. Check them out online at McAdamsRoofing.com. Sean Salisbury of Sports Talk 790 in Houston joined Game Time this morning to discuss the power struggle within the Texans organization and what to expect from the front office going forward. I
4: think they're headed in a direction that most of us aren't prepared for or, or, or don't want to see. And when Jack Easterby, Bill O'Brien, got together and ran Brian Gain out, and the same things that made them lurk and smile, I guess, are the same things that are going to make him cry, or at least Bill O'Brien, because the Jack Easterby now got the year of Cal McNair, and the, that he's going to stay there in that position of power and he ran Bill O'Brien out.
16: The La Vega Pirates have lost another game this season due to COVID after Brownwood ISD announced they would be canceling their next two games because of positive tests. The matchup with La Vega was scheduled for October 16th. Sports Center every 20
6: minutes only on ESPN Central Texas. I
9: like it. Darling, you got to let me know Should I stay or should I go if you say that you are mine, I'll be here till the end of time.
2: Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. Let me know. Stevenson Cox, Tom Barfield here with you. If you're just joining us and you've been curious as to what's been going on the last few days, Matt had a cycling accident, so he's still recovering. Um, and hopefully, we'll, we'll get him back soon. We'll get him back on the air as soon as we can. But Tom has been gracious to roll with me the past few days. And uh, Dave Aranda spoke today to the media. Baylor has a bye week. Their next game is against Oklahoma State on the 24th. That's not true. 17th. But nonetheless, they're not playing this weekend. And Coach spoke to the media. Here's Coach Aranda talking about how he found out uh, on Friday that he was going to be without some of his defensive starters and did he have a backup plan?
18: We do. I think, um, you know, you, um, you try to do your best. I think everyone, the majority of guys who are coaches are planners, and so you try to do your best to plan. But, um, you know, I think in terms of just the general, um, you know, whether it's offensively or defensively, the general approach you have, you have to have, um, if that's plan A, you have to have a plan B. Um, ready to go. And so, you know, we talk about that, you know, if we have 10 plays, you know, seven of them are the things that we're really focusing on. Three of them are the things that, um, you know, we need to go to, if we need to go to. And so there is, there is a fair amount of that.
2: Is that a lot? More- so that's coach talking about having a backup plan for Saturday, how they kind of approach that and a defensive plan with, uh, without some of their starters, On that side of the ball, I thought the Baylor defense played well on Saturday. I mean, not a lot you can complain about on that front. They held West Virginia for the most part. There weren't many big plays. Uh, You know, the Mountaineers moved the ball on a couple drives. But overall, I think this defense has played pretty well for the first two weeks. And this is just life in the uh, the COVID-19 world. I mean, we've seen games across college football get postponed. We've seen games sort of have to be moved around. Um, and we, we've seen teams take the field with not their full complement of players. In the first game this year, we saw Baylor without some offensive linemen and they were playing, uh, you know, kind of with one hand tied behind their back in, in that regard. It didn't really matter against Kansas. They were still able to move. They were still able to move the ball effectively. And in this game on Saturday, uh, you know, another scenario where they didn't have their full complement of guys, but they're able to get it done. And that speaks to the job that coaching staff has done. Uh, and I think it's been impressive what Coach Ryan has been able to do you know, in this sort of weird time, in this weird um, situation that he's been thrust into. But ultimately, they didn't win the ball game. But I, I don't think it was really on the defense as to why it didn't work out on Saturday. Here's Coach talking about, uh, he was asked, is this good timing for the bye week as they get a break before they hit the heart of the Big 12 schedule?
18: No, I appreciate the question. The bye week helps right now. I think, you know, we, we spent um, uh, some time this morning just looking at a, a nine-on-seven period. We've been looking at a, a half-line run period. We're talking about a pods two-on-two um, two period tomorrow. And so just the fundamentals uh, in the run game and then defending the run, those are things I think that uh, we could all – uh, improve on and use the work and so I'm appreciative that we have that ability but you know our coaches are, are, are attacking it and I think you know we're using this time for good and bad tapes and so there's um, there's players going to come up at the end of the week and you know there's going to be 10 plays that are really good 10 plays where we can improve and uh, kind of get a snapshot of hey this is what we see your potential being is you Right. This is and then this is kind of where you're at. These are the drills we're going to do and the work we're going to put in to get you to where we see that potential being at. So I think all of that's needed, and um, I'm, um, I'm thankful we got the time to do it.
2: Well, I guess it's all perspective. Uh, they're playing five straight games after this bye week. Now, they didn't get their non-conference game in. They tried. You know, Lottech postponed, on their end, and then we were supposed to play Houston. They scrambled to get that game done. That ended up getting postponed as well. So they missed that bye week. They essentially had a month and a half of training camp before the season started. Listen, I mean, bye weeks, they fall when they fall. I can't imagine this is the best time for this team. I think it's helpful, and maybe you can you know, reset and make sure guys are sticking to protocols and staying healthy, get everyone back as you play a really good Oklahoma State team. In a couple of weeks, work on some fundamentals, as coach said, but I would think they, they would want you know one of these bye weeks later on in the season. Now, they get another one in late November, so I guess it's sort of a wash, but I don't think this is the best time. I feel like they'd probably want to get in a little bit of a rhythm. I mean, they, they had this long off season and then it's basically you're starting up, you're, you're starting to feel out the process, and then immediately it comes to a screeching halt again. Coach was also asked uh, just about how his defense is playing. A lot of teams across the country have struggled defensively early on in the season, uh, whether that be lack of practice, lack of tackling drills, contact, and and Baylor's been pretty solid on that side of the ball. So here's Coach Randa on why his defense has held up well in the first couple weeks of the season.
18: Well, um, there's been great effort by by our defense to this point. There's been – Good, uh, not great, but good um, perimeter tackling, and there's been the ability, like we mentioned earlier, to limit the big plays um, in the passing game. And I think uh, I give credit to our players. I give credit to Ron Roberts and Brian College, Dennis uh, Johnson, and Joey McGuire. I think they've really um, they've really uh, come together, and they see they have a common vision of what. The defense looks like and when you have that it's um it's easier to get to that or build to that you know begin with the end in mind um now i think where where our defense can improve and, uh is the ability to um to not have the bells and whistles which we at this point we've got um, a fair amount of them uh to where it's just one-on-one right win the block um, one-on-one set the edge um, and as opposed to um, kind of a scheme or numbers or twist stunt or blitz I you know take that out and say hey we're lining up man on man I think, um, and I think most teams are, are probably a little bit behind in that area and and um, we're we're working really hard to get to where we need to be.
2: So Coach Reynas is a big part of this is simplifying what they're doing and really just focusing on the fundamentals. That's something we've talked about a lot with the Cowboys is are there struggles with effort and intensity and playing well? Does it have anything to do with just not understanding the system that Mike Nolan's trying to implement? Because it's hard to go full speed if you don't know what you're doing, but Tom, his Baylor defense has—they've uh, held up pretty well the first couple weeks of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean that's not the issue. Uh, the issue Saturday was the the inability to move the football. I mean, you had uh, you you had little to no running game whatsoever. A- and then when you got some turnovers and their defense did create some opportunities for the offense, they they stalled and couldn't do anything with the football. And then attempted to kick some field goals and they missed not one, not two, but three field goals and and Steven at this level you've got to you've got to execute and you've got to take opportunities when when given and you've got to turn them into points so uh, love it uh, for the season by the way two games uh, he's averaging 3 yards a carry and Tristan Ebner is is averaging 3 uh, 3 yards a carry but on Saturday the two of them combined for about 30 35 yards i mean it just wasn't there in the run game so that forced you know obviously Charlie Brewer to, to start putting the football up in the air but Man alive when you get when your defense, com- I think they had four turnovers, they got four turnovers in the football game, something like that. I but know three in the first
2: half at least. You gotta convert those yeah, to points. It was four because they had the punt situation. Yeah, that muff. West Virginia muff to punt. So it's four total. Uh, go you're right, go win the game. You gotta find a way to score. you gotta find a way to capitalize on those turnovers. And you mentioned the kicking woes as well. I mean, when they did have some chances to cash in at least with three points, there was inconsistency there.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and I realized that they were – I mean, it wasn't like a little 25-yard field goal. I get mm-hmm. it. It was 46, I think 47. I think the one of them was 51. But, man alive, you look across the country on Saturday, there were guys making 50-plus-yard field goals. And, you know, the, the o, o, OU kicker against Iowa State, he hits one from 54 in the rain and in the wind. So, I mean, guys are, are, are at that level are, are – they have the, the skill set and the abilities to, to make those field goals. you got to go take advantage of those turnovers. And you know what? To heck with field goals. Go score touchdowns. Yes. Go but- score touchdowns and don't worry about a field goal. And then you, we're not talking about overtime.
2: That takes care of the issue in itself. Um, yeah, they couldn't run the ball. Offensive line. And then, you know, Derry Stills just again had a game record of a game against Baylor. He sacked Charlie a few times. They got to, to Charlie in the pass rush game. So, It was not a good day for the offense at all, and defense held up okay. They're gonna have a couple weeks to figure this thing out, Uh, but they're gonna have to score against Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State is. They're gonna score. (laughs) Yeah, they're gonna score some points, and you assume that it's gonna be at least a little bit of a shootout. Um, So we'll see where it goes. But that was uh, Coach Aranda today speaking with the media. Only time we'll hear from him this week is they. uh, have the the day off Saturday. Yeah, and in the, their
0: schedule's a little disjointed because they're giving giving players time off, and you know, and th- they'll work study halls and things like that, and and just get ready to go back to work next week as they get ready uh, to to get back into conference play. All right, uh, we're in the bottom of the sixth, and the Astros are leading the A's seven to four, seven four, uh, Houston. On top of Oakland, and if that score will hold up, it'll be a clean sweep for the second consecutive round. Remember, the uh, Astros put it on the uh, Minnesota Twins; got that deal done. Now they're about to get this deal done. It looks like uh, if if it still if it holds up, and uh, Houston will then uh, get ready to play on Sunday in the ALCS. So there you go. All right, five away from five. This is. This is the Matt Mosley Show. Tom Barfield in for Matt and Stephen Simcox. And we're about to rock you home on a Wednesday afternoon. Coming up the top of the hour right here on ESPN Central Texas. We're ready
10: for some football, baby. This is Dallas Cowboys football 2020. got under
8: center, second and 10. Back to throw. Only heard here. Deep middle. Caught. Wilson at the 20. Left sideline. Season. Cedric Wilson streaking down the sideline
6: for a touchdown.
8: Sunday
10: afternoon. It's your Cowboys and the
6: New York Giants live from AT&T Stadium on ESPN Central Texas. Go.
11: Are you in the market to buy or sell a home and need an agency to deliver excellent results? Camille Johnson Realtors is excited to assist you with one of the most important decisions for you and your family. Whether it be residential, commercial, or farm and ranch properties, Camille and her all-star team of agents are ready to help buyers and sellers through what can be a stressful period in their lives. Enjoy the multiple listings, community and school information, and photos of the area on their website, CamilleJohnson.com. During this difficult time, Camille Johnson Realtors knows the importance of home.
19: TFNB, your bank for life, supports high school football in Central Texas. Find out why more Central Texans are making TFNB their bank for life. Sign up for our Edge checking and savings accounts and earn interest, cashback, or free digital downloads. With 5 locations, managing your money has never been easier. And check out the new bear statues at our downtown Waco location across I-35 from Baylor. TFNB, your bank for life member FDIC.
3: It's Ram Power Days at Cameron Auto Plex in Cameron, Texas. The 2021 models will be arriving soon and we still have a great selection of 2020 ramps to choose from. Hurry-In to save $10,000 off MSRP on a fully loaded Ram 1500 Lone Star Crew Cab plus competitive pickup owners get an additional $1,000 off. Well how about $6,000 off that new diesel to pull that new RV or boat? Grand Power Days won't last much longer. So make that short drive and see why everyone says it's always cheaper and friendlier in Cameron.
6: Forgetting a birthday isn't Alzheimer's.
5: Forgetting your own birthday might be.
6: Trouble remembering a name isn't Alzheimer's.
0: Forgetting your child's name might be.
6: If someone you love shows signs of Alzheimer's, start a conversation. You may be their best hope for a better quality of life. Learn the signs at dshs.texas.gov Alzheimer's. See the signs, start a conversation. Funded by the Texas Department of State Health Services.
3: Listen, in the past couple of years, we've had a lot of people moving in from out of state to Waco, thanks to Chipper and JoJo. And while we welcome these new citizens, they unfortunately brought some of their bad habits with them. Hi, Jay here from Pickup Outfitters, and you know what I'm talking about, naked trucks. You'd think everyone moved here from McNuteville. But we shouldn't judge them, we should help them. For example, when you see a recent transplant truck from a less civilized state like California, instead of saying, your truck is disgusting, your bed is exposed, get a bed cover on that truck, buddy. That's a bit harsh. Instead, try something like, you know in Texas, it's not polite to drive around with your bed exposed. Maybe you should check out the excellent selection of bed covers at pickup outfitters. And then if they refuse, you can say, well, I hear New Mexico's a nice state. Let's help our new neighbors and let them know that truck nudity is not okay. Let them know about Pickup
10: Outfitters of Waco and send them to our website, createacommotion.com. Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz, a combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixings. They welcome phone-in orders for customers on the go. Only in Waco, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop, 1412 North Valley Mills Drive and 105 South 5th Street.
6: KRZI Waco K222DC Waco
12: Station is now the ultimate power in the universe
6: K265DV Temple This is ESPN Central Texas
2: The 5 o'clock hour of the Matt Mosley show is brought to you by Coriel Health Medical Clinic Coriel Health where you always feel at home <music>
0: Welcome back into the Matt Mosley Show. The Matt Mosley Show on this Wednesday afternoon brought to you in part by our good friends at Central National Bank. Tom Barfield and Stephen Simcox in for, for Matt Mosley who is under the weather. Matt, uh, as uh, we mentioned earlier today, involved in a bicycle accident. And he is uh, he is resting and, uh, and recovering and we wish him a speedy recovery. All right, uh, earlier today on Unnecessary Roughness, the, uh, the guys had a chance to talk to Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, and one of the conversations was the China Spring Cougars, China off to the 5-0 and start under Coach Bell, and they take on a 1-3 and Gatesville Hornet team coming up on Friday night, and China Spring really, is, is Stephen, racking up some points on the offensive side of the football. They are, uh, they're playing well, particularly on that side of the football.
2: Yeah, they're an explosive football team, uh, especially with their ground attacks, so they're off to a hot start, and Greg talked about that. We touched on Toledo um, and Conley coming up this week. Mm-hmm. You know, midway and South Grand Prairie. You know what they'll look like in week two, uh, and some more area games as well. Here's Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football.
15: Got off to a really good start to start the season. Then they had a COVID nineteen shutdown for a week, and well, they just bounced back to win two more. So five and zero on the season. What have you seen from the Cougars? What has what has made it so they just kind of they get it and they're they're off to this hot start that they are. Yeah, it's a few different things.
14: Uh, You know, first and foremost, I think that it starts on the defensive side. Uh, You know, what you've seen uh, whenever they've had great years, generally speaking, it's been because that defense has really. Clicked in. You know, I think that's part of it. The other thing is that I think it's a little bit easy to see this coming. You know, we did have that. Yes, they were four and six last year, and I think people looked, or four and eight rather, last year. And we were like, oh, okay, well, maybe just not. you know the, the program's heading in the wrong direction. But I do think that having a third year under Coach Bell is doing big things for the Cougars. But they also had a lot coming back from last year, and a lot of guys at key spots, right? It's not just Emmanuel Abdallah. He's kind of a headliner at the running back spot, and he's been terrific. But the defense and a lot of the nuts and bolts of the defense, right? They got a really, they got a great safety major Bowden, right? They got, they got a, they got a really good linebacker led by the uh, core, led by uh, Tristan Pachekic, P- Pachachic rather. I look at this team as one of those teams that, that, that is easy to get caught up in what Emmanuel Abdallah is doing, because he's been terrific. And he's a, uh, one of the, one of the very, you know, most, I think underrated running backs in the state of Texas. He's done such an uh, incredible job. It's easy to get caught up in them. But a lot of the, the, the key components around him are also really solid. And, and I think this is turning into one of the teams, one of those teams that's maybe greater than the sum of their parts. And that's a truly dangerous team in my mind. You know, yeah, it's great to have a, a star. And, and I, I, they're not going to be uh, saying, oh, no, we'll just pass on having Emmanuel Abdallah on our team. That's, that's not something they're going to do. But what is interesting is that they are kind of quickly developing into a team that. Uh, can beat you in a lot of different ways. They can beat you running the ball. They can beat you defensively. They can beat you. They drop back to pass. Now they're in a tough district, and and, and it gets tougher along the way when they got games with Salado and Waco Conley. But so far, so good for the Cougars.
2: Greg, saying that same district, uh, big game this week between Salado and Conley. How do you think that shakes yeah. out?
14: Yeah, it, it's a fascinating game. It's a fascinating game, and and, and it's a, a game that I think is going to be determined by pace but not really in the way that you would normally think. Because, for example, I think that if you're talking about who has the better individual stars, who has the better individual athletes, you're probably looking at Connolly. I think that Kevin Gaither and guys like that are stars on that Connolly squad. But if you're looking for the team that probably wants to keep the score low, it's probably also Connolly. This is a cadet team that is, had trouble scoring at times. They've, they've been a little bit more uh, slugfesty, if you will. They, they, they want to kind of outslug you and, and win a low scoring, uh, you know, defensive affair. As opposed to Salido, which you'd think, okay, well, they run kind of a, the wing tee, kind of a modified wing tee type thing. They're probably just kind of three yards in a cloud of dust. But no, this is one of the most explosive offenses in central texas right now and i think that in many ways you see this running attack and you're and, and and they want to get into a shootout they want to get the score up 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 the higher the score for them the better which is, just makes for such a bizarre bizarre matchup and, and one that by the way i think has huge ramification uh you know the, i think that right now you take a look at that district and, and uh you know apologies to robinson gatesville and Gerald. i think it's a three-way dance there between China spring, uh, you know, between Salado and Connolly, you're going to get those kind of teams. You're going to get those matchups coming on down the line. Uh, and, and by the way, when you're matched up against one of the deepest districts in the state in 10, a division two uh, in by district, you want to finish as high as possible. Because right now, if you take a look at if you finish second in this district, second, not first, not third, second, if you finish second in this district, you're probably seeing a team like, I don't know, Jasper who's ranked or, or center, who's ranked, like you're seeing a team that's really, really good in, in the first round of the playoff. So this is a critical matchup for both these teams, major playoff ramifications. I know it seems like the season just started. And I think par- par- part of that is because the 5A and 6A teams just joined the party, but we are into the real nitty gritty of, of the small school, Texas high school football season. And this game has major, major implications on what the bracket's going to look like.
11: Greg, the Stephenville Yellow Jackets have been up and down, but they got a huge win last week, and now La Vega heads to War Memorial to take on the Jackets. Uh, Are the Jackets, do they have enough to challenge the Pirates?
14: I think so, and I'll tell you that especially this is a really intriguing matchup because in a lot of ways I think that Stephenville profiles as a bit like Argyle, maybe like Argyle Light. Uh, because of the way that they play ball, because they are a, a pretty dynamic offensive squad. I mean, they can beat you. Uh, quarterback uh, Gavin Roundtree has been really, really sharp. They've also been able to run the ball very effectively with Case and Phillips. This is a team whose offense is really humming right now. Uh, now going up against uh, a La Vegas defense that has been fantastic, but did get kind of beat up by Argyle when they played. Now, look, Argyle's the number one team in the state. They're the number one team in the state for a reason. I think that they're the best team in four Division one right now. But the, Stephenville kind of matches that profile. Uh, the difference for me is that the defense, let's say, leaves something to be desired. Uh, they're, they're average to below average defensively, which is going to then give an opportunity for this La Vega, the offense, which has been, I mean, let's be frank. It's been a little bit stuck in the mud. It's been an offense that has kind of yet to have those big breakthroughs. I think they've been better of late, but uh, you know, you know, uh, but the, when you look at the the real hard hitting teams that they played, right? You know, beating catch Hetchy Life last week, like you know, fine, you know, it's okay. I'm I'm, I'm glad they won 62 nothing, but that doesn't necessarily tell you a whole lot. Here is a team that is firmly much more in their weight class. Have they figured it out offensively? Because they're going to need to score in this game. I mean, I don't think they're going to be. I don't think this is going to be like the game against Calhoun, which was twenty to seven. I don't think it's going to be like the game against Connolly, which was I think thirteen to ten. It's not even going to be like the game against Cal Allen, which was twenty one thirteen. This game's probably in the thirties. And so if you're if you're La Vega, you're saying we've got to find a way to let's say we hold them to twenty eight. We got to get to thirty. Like we got to find a way to get there. Can they do that against a quality opponent? That's a big question for the Pirates going forward, not just in this game, but also profiling them going forward in the playoffs.
15: Talking right now with Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, talking all things Texas high school football. And, Greg, I talked to Marthead football coach Kevin Hoffman last night talking about their matchup they have this week uh, against Bremont, who's rich in tradition as well. Uh, this, is a, this is a good one. This is a doozy. This is one that uh, Coach Hoffman said that they got circled on the calendar. They've been looking forward to it. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup?
14: So this is really interesting because when, whenever realignment came out and, district, uh, and the district was set, we looked at them immediately and said, okay, Bremond, that's a team that's going to test them within their district. And you look at this Tigers team, yeah, they've lost two squads or two games in this one, but, uh, but they have been exceptional really over the course of the, the entire season, and, and it starts with their quarterback. Seth Kazowski is he's great, man. He's really good. He's just really good. Like, I wish I wish I had more eloquent things to say. He's just super good at football. It's just like, it's really fun to watch. He's a dynamic playmaker, and he's a guy that Mart is going to have to account for on every single snap, whether he's throwing the ball or running the ball. He's terrific, and a guy who I think has taken a big step forward as a senior. Uh, look, Mart's the favorite in this one, because nobody can stop Rodrell Freeman. Mart's the favorite because the running game's been great. You know, Mart's the favorite, I think, because the offensive line has been holding up, and, and a big kind of key in this one is Bremond whenever they want. they've gotten in the backfield and been disruptive and when they've lost they basically haven't and so that's a big question in this one the other thing that's interesting to me and I am going to say something that is probably offensive to a fair amount of of the rest of that district so I would like to issue a a preemptive apology (laughs) but that is when you take a look at District 10 and the rest of the teams that are going to be on Mark's uh, radar uh, you know maybe with the exception of you know Hubbard you know but uh, maybe a team like that but wortham Frost, plain and simple, this is the last time we're going to be talking about Mart in a game that's going to be in doubt for a while, in my opinion. I mean, this is a Mart team that just blows past you. Look look at their schedule so far. Non district, they go and they play three team, four teams rather, that are all 3A teams, right? And they beat all of them. And then last week, they go and they, they play their first game against a team in their classification, against a 2A Division II team in Chilton. And by the way, I think a decent Chilton team, not a bad Chilton team. And they beat them 50 to nothing, and it was 50 to nothing at halftime. Like, that's what we're dealing with here. And so I think Bremont can push them, and I think it's important for them to get pushed because plain and simple, the next time they're going to play a game that I think is in any sort of doubt isn't like the area round in the playoffs or the regional semifinals in the playoffs. They're that good. And so that is something that I'm keeping an eye on is can they, you know, can Bremont push them? Can Bremont give them that test? I think it's, I think this game is going to be closer than a lot of the other games they've had. I don't think it will be fifty to nothing, but I do think that this is going to be an interesting matchup for for both of these squads.
2: Greg, I don't think we learned anything from that Westlake Midway game last week aside from Westlake's really good. Uh, but I assume we'll get a better idea who the Panthers are when they play South Grand Prairie on Friday. Uh, much better. Yeah,
14: I, I think you're spot on. Is is look, they ran into a runaway freight train right now in, in Austin Westlake, just the way that. That the Shafts are playing. Look, they they were going to do that to a lot of teams. Okay, they, that's plain and simple. Southern Prairie is a team that I think is going to be a much different kind of test for them. You know, SCP is a squad that that you know we've 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 thought for a while had some breakout potential, but through you know so far we haven't necessarily seen uh, anything that leads us that this is going to be to think that this is going to be the year they really break through. They're in a tough district. In District 86A, uh, this is a team that I think uh, I, I think is it's probably still a year away. And so, if you're midway, I mean, look—you you ball up that film from last week. You, you take a look at it once. You ball it up. You throw it in the trash. and set it on fire because it, it was a bad tape. Nobody's going to like that. But there are things you can build from. There are things that, that, especially, you know, get stronger up front. Find some schemes up front that are going to, to allow you to protect your quarterback. Uh, find some some answers in the secondary uh, you know we mentioned it's a pretty young secondary there for midway make sure that you're kind of developing back there uh look it last nobody wants to start the year with a 56 nothing loss but a bounce back win here against south grand prairie which i think is, is expected i think they i expect them to go out there and win that'll kind of take the sour taste out of their mouth and get them moving forward in a better direction
11: greg how much potential of a fun game is allen and cedar hill
14: yeah, it's it's really interesting. Uh, you know, Allen. Of course, last week they they took on uh, uh, Umba Tascita out of the Houston area, and, and they really put it on them. I think they found a quarterback in General Booty. He's been he's been great. They got the play, They got the cre- Green Brothers, Bryce and Blaine Green, up front. Uh, and more importantly for me is the defense took advantage of what is still a young and developing offense for Tascita and they held them in check. Uh, now we get Cedar Hill in this in this matchup. Uh, against Allen, and i am interested to see which cedar hill shows up does the cedar hill from the first half against arlington show up where they were i think down seven nothing or tied seven seven at halftime and couldn't get moving or does the second half Al- cedar hill show up where caden salter looked like the tennessee commit where the offense really started to hum and the defense started flying around and making plays that's what i want to see in this one can they find uh you know which one of those show up uh, I lean towards Allen in this one. I think that they are a little bit more battle tested at this moment, um, but I, this is a, certainly an interesting matchup. A- and if, in many ways, the matchup they had against the this is kind of like a more fully formed version of that. It's a team that's a little bit more matured and a team that's been playing together a little bit longer than that Tascosa team. And plus, it's on the road, you know, down, down there at Longhorn Stadium. So this is an interesting matchup, and I think Allen could get pushed in this one. I still think the Eagles come out with the win, but. Uh, Cedar Hill is a team we've got our eye on and if they continue to kind of develop and maybe prove that the slow start against Arlington was just that it was just a slow start uh, then we could be in for a real fun one
15: Greg our final question comes from our CNC Collision Center text line our good buddy Joe hit us up and I know we've talked about uh, District 4 but his question was uh, if the District 4 D1 champion is going to come out or goes through Region 2
14: yeah it's, it's interesting when you take a look at, at region, at region, or district four rather, um, it, it's going to be a real slugfest, and I think that there's a, a fair argument to be made uh, that that is uh, that is where the power nexus, uh, you know, is going to lie. Uh, I, I take a look at at that one. I tend to think that that they are going to be the favorite in a semifinal, but I think it's going to be close. And, and I think that in the end, when you take a look at at what that what that is going to look like, I would. I would lean a little bit towards uh, the, the you know D- District Four being the team to to beat in that region, and therefore probably the early favorite to, to win the semifinal. But it's also Week Seven; a lot can change between now and then. So, uh, still a lot to figure out between now and then.
0: That was earlier today. That was uh, Greg Tepper from Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, what what a great great segment that was on unnecessary roughness. Just great stuff. If you're a Texas high school football fan. Five fifteen. Tom and uh, Stephen taking you home in for Matt Mosley on this on this Wednesday afternoon. The Matt Mosley Show, brought to you in part by Central National Bank, and we're going to talk with Jeff Hume of the Midway Panthers. We'll do that next here on ESPN Central Texas.
2: Nobody has a better selection of light and heavy duty Ram pickup trucks than Cameron Autoplex, where they say it's always cheaper in Cameron. <laughs>
13: Fox 44 weather update, I'm meteorologist Emily Kaye. It's going to be a mild night across Central Texas with lows reaching the upper 50s and lower 60s with mostly clear skies and winds coming in from the east about 5 to 10 miles per hour. Thursday will start off with temperatures in the lower 60s. Highs will be in the mid to upper 80s in the afternoon with mostly sunny skies. Friday will be slightly cooler with highs around 80 degrees with partly cloudy skies. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 530 and 9 for your forecast first. Plus, check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather.
0: Hey, let's talk about Central National Bank, the Nesbitt guys. And, man, we do appreciate uh, Central National Bank being a part of the Matt Mosley program. Several locations throughout Central Texas. You can uh, check out Central National Bank at 8320 West Highway 84 and also at 5400 Bosque Boulevard here in Waco down in Temple, 938 Canyon Creek and uh, at uh, at 835 West 6th Street in Austin and of course you can always bank online with central National Bank that's nbwaco.com, cnbwaco.com you know y- you wouldn't call a 1-800 number to to visit with a doctor or visit with your accountant or maybe even get your car worked on so why on earth would you do that with your your with, with your banking needs uh, if you're if you're If you're banking with a 1-800 number, you don't know your bank, and your bank certainly doesn't know you. So check out Central National Bank. They believe in people over the process. They believe in listening over telling, and they believe in helping their customers over helping themselves. Experience the difference at Central National Bank. Member FDIC.
12: Local officials will offer COVID-19 surge testing in McLennan County through October 17th. 40,000 COVID-19 tests have been allocated for this effort. Testing dates and sites are listed online at covidwaco.com. Save time, pre-registration online, and print your completed registration form. You can print your form at any of the four Waco libraries or three community centers at no charge. Waco Transit will be providing free transit rides to or from testing sites. All sites open 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Free COVID-19 testing sites will be located throughout Waco until October 17th at the Waco Convention Center, McLennan Community College, Waco ISD Stadium, and the Syntax Chamber of Commerce. Please log on to COVIDWaco.com for exact dates of the free COVID-19 testing. You do not have to have symptoms to be tested. It will take just a few minutes for you to receive the easy nasal swab for the COVID-19 testing. Act today.
19: Go to COVIDWaco.com. Be safe and be sure. Hi, this is Travis with Texas Trust Home Buyers, and I buy houses cash. If you own a house and want to sell it fast at a fair price, call me at 870-8645. That's 870-8645. I can pay cash and close in as little as three days. I buy houses in any condition, any price range, and anywhere in the Waco and surrounding areas. I'm a private real estate investor who buys several houses a month, and I want to buy more. I buy inherited houses, divorce houses, behind-in-payment houses. I even buy my tenants won't pay me the rent houses. Do you own a house that is trash and needs thousands of dollars in repairs? Great, because I love buying junk houses. I buy vacant houses, abandoned houses, condemned houses, and foreclosure houses. If you own a house and want to sell fast, call me at 870-8645. That's 870-8645. 870-8645. Or check us out on the web at texastrusthomebuyers.com. texastrusthomebuyers.com. Travis is a licensed real estate broker in the state of Texas.
14: Hi, I'm Mark Stewart with Bird Colgen Ford. It's that time of year. It's football season. Bird Colgen Ford's a proud support of the best high school football teams in Texas right here in Central Texas. And Bird Colgen Ford is proud to sell the number one truck in Texas, the F-Series truck, led by our leading rusher, the F-150, 43 years in a row. Nominate your Ford Tough Player of the Week at FordPlayeroftheWeek.com. Bird Colgen Ford, the right choice since 1936.
9: For a limited time, when you open a Kasasa checking account at Genco Credit Union, you can receive a cash bonus, a $25 cash bonus. Now is your chance to be a part of the friendliest credit union in town and enjoy all the benefits of a free account that pays you money back each month and a bonus when you open it. Apply online today and get your bonus and start letting your money make you money. Qualifications and requirements will apply. For details, go to GencoFCU.org. N-C-U-A equal housing lender. Genco! All
5: Texans need an approved form of ID to vote. Before going to the polls, visit VoteTexas.gov to check if you have one of the seven approved photo IDs, like a Texas driver license. The full list can be found at VoteTexas.gov. You can also find what to do if you do not possess and cannot reasonably obtain one. Visit VoteTexas.gov or call 1-800-252-VOTE. That's 1-800-252-8683. Sponsored by the Texas Secretary of State.
6: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
8: I'm Garrett Ross for ESPN
16: Central Texas Sports Center Update. Experience the homemade food and unique atmosphere that everyone is talking about at Fox's Treats and Eats on Highway 84 near McGregor. Sean Salisbury of Sports Talk 790 in Houston joined Game Time this morning to discuss the power struggle within the Texans organization and what to expect from the front office going forward.
4: I think they're headed in the direction that most of us aren't prepared for or, or, or don't want to see. And when Jack Easterby, Bill O'Brien got together and ran Brian Gain out, and the same things that made them smirk and smile, I guess, are the same things that are going to make him cry, or at least Bill O'Brien, because the Jack used to be now got the year of Kyle McNair, and the Cal, that he's going to stay there in that position of power, and he ran Bill O'Brien out.
16: The La Vega Pirates have lost another game this season due to COVID after Brownwood ISD announced they'd be canceling their next two games because of positive tests.
6: Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. 522
0: it's a wednesday commute to the house tom barfield in for matt mosley along with Stephen simcox we're glad you're with us and we're going to the phones and we're going to welcome in the uh, head football coach of the midway panthers coach jeff Hume. jeff good afternoon how are you Hey, tom i'm good how are you guys doing doing terrific hey you got south grand prairie coming up on friday night at panther stadium before we talk about that one Let's go back and talk a little bit about uh, the Westlake game. Uh, several interesting things uh, when, when I met with you earlier this week that uh, you took away from the game. And, and one of them was just the, the opportunity for your football team to play at that high level.
20: Yeah.
21: I mean, you know, when you schedule a team like Westlake or, you know, some other perennial powers in, in the state, I mean, you know going in is going to be a tough game. and, and uh, But you do that on purpose, especially in the district we're in. You know, it wouldn't have done us any good – to schedule a, a cupcake team, hey, yeah, we got the win. We're one and zero, but but did we get better as a team? You know, the answer to that would have been no, even though we would probably would have been feeling better about ourselves because we were one and zero. You got to play high caliber teams to get yourself ready to play in a high caliber district.
0: And, and that's what you you've got with the with the Duncanvilles, the DeSotos, the Cedar Hills, and and so on and so forth. So this is, certainly was a learning experience for your football team.
21: Well, no doubt, and and it's like I told the guys after the game. You know, nobody, you know, nobody wants to get beat. Nobody wants to get embarrassed and all that. But you know, if you use that in a positive way, like I think we've done this week in practice, then uh, I think I think I think we'll see a difference come Friday night.
0: Another positive that you took away uh, that you were telling me on on uh, in our meetings on Tuesday was the fact that your team stayed unified and they played hard and, and they and they kept. Giving each other uh, the high fives and, and just you know the the things that you, you want to see a team st- stay together in in adverse conditions.
21: That's exactly right. And that, That's been one of the things that I've been most proud and and and, and really happy about this team. And, and really since you know the spring when we got shut down throughout the summer and this and that. I mean these guys love being around each other. The camaraderie on this team is tremendous, and it's just a lot of fun to be with them in practice. And you know we just got to translate. You know we just got to transfer that into the games and. And play a little bit better and get some wins, but you know when you've got a team that that likes playing together and, and likes working out together, lifting weights together, it's just a whole lot of fun.
0: Talk a little bit about the play of Garrett Childers, your 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 senior quarterback, uh, got the start on Friday night and and obviously played against some some tough competition, but just those intangibles that you look for, the leadership in the huddle and things of that nature. Just your thoughts on Garrett and his first uh, his first start Friday night.
21: Yeah, I mean, you know, it was, you know, what a what a unbelievable team and game. He had to, you know, get his first Friday night starting. But, you know, Garrett Garrett is, is is the type of quarterback. He's he's very cool under pressure, very calm. He doesn't get flustered. You know, he's not going to sit there and, and blame the offensive line for this or blame the receiver for that or anything. I mean, he's just a cool customer that you that you like to see in your quarterbacks because, you know, hey, not everything's going to be perfect, uh, and you know, and the quarterback is going to. He's going to get a lot of the credit, as you know, or he's going to take a lot of the blame, whether it's deserved or not. And he takes that in stride, and that's been real fun to watch him do that.
0: You, you made a couple of uh, changes on the defensive side of the football, particularly in your secondary going into to Friday night. What were your thoughts on, on how your secondary played?
21: You know, I didn't think they played bad. I mean, they were going against a really good team. and, and uh, But I thought, again, toward the as the game went on, I thought our corners uh, played a lot. Uh, a lot more aggressive. I thought they played a lot more confidence early in the game. They were very nervous about Westlake's speed and, and you know, the routes and it showed in some of the stuff they were doing. Uh, but as the game went on, you know, we got better. tackling got better. I think it was just one of those things where they had to take a breath and go, okay, wait a minute. Hey, we can, we can play with these guys. And uh, it showed. They got better as the game went on.
0: South Grand Prairie is coming into town uh, on Friday night. Talk a little bit about uh, their club and, and what uh, your expectations from from that ball game.
21: Yeah, Brent uh, Whitson's the head coach there. does a great job. He's been there a while. Uh, his team's going to come in ready to go. Uh, you know, they predominantly like to run the ball on offense. The quarterback, uh, you know, is a little slippery guy and, and gets after it. And uh, the tailback's a good kid. And But when they throw it, they're going to throw a home run to number four. Uh, you know, he's their home run guy. He's their go-to guy on, the, on big classes. And, and then when they when they don't do that, they're going to try their quick game and, and they're going to get after it that way. But And then defensively, they base out of a 3-4. And, uh, you know, they got some kids that can run to the ball. They got two really good inside linebackers that are good-sized kids. And, and so, you know, hey, our line's going to have to, uh, you know, uh, look good and play good, and we're going to have to, you know, get in the rhythm and, and uh, play well.
2: Coach, I, I know you make a, a pretty big effort to, like, make sure your guys are unified. I know Tom talked about how you were proud of how your guys weren't, weren't uh, pointing fingers after that Westlake game is it more challenging now just given all the kind of protocols you have to go through to to get the team to spend a lot of time together and and try to kind of learn uh from each other off the field and, and become one unit
21: yeah well you know that's a good point and you know but the thing you know the thing is kids are kids and you know they whether whether we try to help you know tell them or not i mean they get together on their own and you know not not that anything that we tell them to do but but when they're in the locker room and practice and, you know, everybody's got their mask on and things like that, it's, you know, it, it is, it's a crazy year and and, 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 all things considered, it's a crazy year. And, you know, and, and like I said, our kids have been unified from the get go and whether it's on the field, whether it's, you know, in line, you know, standing in line um, for the national anthem and, and, you know, two or three of their buddies are, are going to take a knee for, you know, obvious reasons. And, you know, our kids are standing behind them too. I mean, we're, we're as unified as any group I've ever had here.
0: Jeff, uh, you you've got this game Friday night, and really your last tune-up, and then you have an open week before you start district play. So, uh, this is really a, a big football game from that aspect.
21: Well, it is. I mean, and it, it's like we've been you know preaching you know well, since before the Westlake game. You know, we got two non-district games and an open week to get ourselves ready uh, for when the district starts and when we play Mansfield, and that's what we got. That's what we got to be focused on, and and really. Uh, uh, getting our mindset on that right
0: there Jeff we appreciate it hey have a great evening and uh, we'll see you soon all right Tom we'll see you thanks that's Jeff Hume the head football coach of the Midway Panthers Panthers will take on South Grand Prairie Friday night 7 30 out of Panthers Stadium and our broadcast will begin at 7 o'clock with the pregame again the play-by-play at seven thirty. Uh Kenneth Wethorn and Darren Burrow will join me Garrett Ross will be a part of the broadcast as will Terry Tacker should be a lot of fun as we get it going on Friday at seven o'clock with the pregame, and again seven thirty with the kick. It is five thirty, uh, and you know, Garrett, don't, here, don't it, do it, Tom. It, you was, call, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just called me Garrett. I'm sorry, Stephen. I had Garrett on my mind because when, when, when we were before we even brought up Stretch, Stretch's name, mm-hmm. Glenn Stretch Smith, who who works with with me in the mornings. The Astros were winning 7-4. to four. Houston's bullpen had not given up an earned run in 18 and the third innings. Get Smith on the line, start talking to him a little bit, and the next thing you know, we're texting, and the next thing you know, it is four unanswered runs by the Athletics off of the Astros' bullpen, and they lead 8-7 to seven as uh, they play in the top of the eighth inning.
2: Yeah, pretty crazy rally. Uh, a Chad Pinder three-run homer, and then A's had a sack fly here on the top of the eighth, and... I mean, they proved me wrong, Tom. I thought they were left for dead when they blew that lead earlier in the game.
0: Yeah, I thought they'd lay down and, and quit too and just go home. But take their toys and go home. They didn't, though. They're right. There. They're right there with it, with an eight-seven advantage over the Astros. Now, should they hang on and win, then the same two teams will go at it tomorrow afternoon at Dodger Stadium. So we'll see how it all unfolds. But Houston still has—they uh, got six outs to play with. But right now, they just got to get off the get off the the uh, top of the eighth inning. Uh, against uh, Oakland, but with the A's right now leading eight to seven. We're going to step aside and we'll come back with more of the Matt Mosley program right here on ESPN Central Texas.
3: This high school football coaches show with Whitney coach Mark Bird brought to you by Citizen State Bank of Whitney.
16: Grandview was able to score at will last week, putting up sixty-five points. What adjustments we all try to make this week from the defensive standpoint?
20: I... You know, uh, we went into the game, and, and granted, we were missing five starters, which still, you know, uh, they're a good ball club. But get some kids back on the field. Uh, a little beat up right now, and and those adjustments being that, you know, their their backups have got to be ready to go as well. You know, so just a lot of more reps with that bunch, and uh, you know, you you got to you got to reload because I mean, West is just as good and. And, uh, you know, Grandview's number one for a reason. They, they definitely have a good ball club. And I don't know if there's a the better down three uh, defensive lineman in the state as far as 3A that, that you could play against.
16: Are you Mitch and West right there? You got the Trojans this week. What makes them so dangerous?
20: You know, they, they got good size up front with their offensive line. Uh, the tailback, uh, I, I think the tailback may be the def, best tailback in the district. I mean, he's a downhill guy, he got really good speed. But I think just their balance, you know, uh, they, they've matured a bunch since last year and, and they're going to be a tough one to deal with. I mean, I, I think they're kind of a sleeper in the district right now and, and they've got things rolling and Coach Wood has done a great job over there.
16: What were some of the positive things that you were able to take out of that Grandview game to build on this week?
20: Uh, I think still being able to throw the ball a little bit. You know, uh, Garrett Peacock still a solid. Uh, you know, and defensively, I, I think, uh, you know, our down linemen, we, we've got to – We've got to move some more bodies in there our size alone is what we've got we got to move in and out we're gonna to have to play some those offensive linemen as far as defensive linemen and, and just get a little bit bigger up there you know so those are things that we have to adjust to we're trying to play a little bit too much one way and so moving some bodies in it'll help us out
6: espn central texas Citizens State Bank is excited about Central
7: Texas high school sports and is glad to be a part of so many outstanding communities. Citizens has 10 branches to serve you, including Buffalo, Centerville, Clifton, Dawson, Grosbeck, Hubbard, Itasca, T, West, and Whitney.
13: If you're
12: one of their valued customers, they say thank you for your business. If you're looking for a bank where you're more than a number, check them out at CitizensStateBankTX.com.
7: Members' children participate in many school activities. This gives Citizen State Bank a vested interest in the lives of these students. They wish all the student athletes, cheerleaders, and band and drill team members a year of success.
12: Whether you're a bison, tiger, cub, bulldog, goat, jagger, wampus cat, lion, trojan, or wildcat, know that Citizen State Bank supports and appreciates your hard work. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender.
6: ESPN Radio Sports Center.
16: I'm Garrett Ross with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update. Brought to you by McAdams & Sons Roofing. Check them out online at McAdamsRoofing.com. Sean Salisbury of Sports Talk 790 in Houston joined Game Time this morning to discuss the power struggle within the Texans organization and what to expect from the front office going forward.
4: I think they're headed in a direction that most of us aren't prepared for or, or, or don't want to see. And when Jack Easterby, Bill O'Brien, got together and ran Brian Gain out, and the same things that made them smirk and smile, I guess, are the same things that are going to make them cry, or at least Bill O'Brien, because the Jack Easterby now got the year of Cal McNair, and the, that he's going to stay there in that position of power and he ran Bill O'Brien out.
16: The La Vega Pirates have lost another game this season due to COVID after Brownwood ISD announced they'd be canceling their next two games because of positive tests. The matchup with
6: La Vega was scheduled for October 16th. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas.
0: 535, 25 away from six to Matt Mosley show Tom Barfield and Stephen Simcox in for Matt we all oh man we've been all over the all over the place again the A's lead the Astros eight to seven in the top of the eighth inning they got the sacks full of athletics so the Astros gotta they gotta get it done here uh my partner in the mornings Stephen uh uh Stretch Smith said that mm, that, name, yep. that that Oakland would would uh, I mean that the Astros would
7: sweep in 3 and it, it wouldn't oh, even be a, it no, wouldn't no. even be a game. No, right. today. You, no no no, you said that and you were you were absolutely confident and all I can say is they air conditioned the desert for guys like you who think they've got all the answers. Absolutely. This is over with. This is going to be the Astros. Uh, just bring on whoever they want. It's the, Yankees, the Yankees and the Astros and yeah. it's going to happen. So, hey, I, I,
0: there is an interesting quote coming out of the uh coming out of the Cowboy Camp today. Stephen, do you have that uh, that little verbiage ready?
2: I do. Uh yeah, Calvin Watkins tweeted this out a couple hours ago. Yeah. Cowboy safety Xavier Woods on the effort of the defense, quote, our effort's been good. I mean, on certain plays, some guys—I mean, myself included—there may be a lack. But overall, the effort's there. I mean, you don't expect—we're in the NFL—you don't expect a guy—you don't expect guys full speed for seventy plays. That's not possible.
7: <laughs> yeah. Now, can you now think about that? Think about that's what the Dallas Cowboys coaches are having to deal with right now. They're having to. Hey, I, I just got—I just got through coaching my eighth grade team, and you know what? I spend a lot of time talking about effort. Did you hear what I said? Eighth grade team. Now we're we're talking about professionals, and we're talking about guys taking plays off. I mean that that's enough right there. That I would cut that guy. That's what I said. That's exactly what I said. Well, his butt off. Well,
2: Stretch. Here's how he followed that up. This is still Xavier Woods talking uh, on effort, but you got to push all you can. I mean, we know you don't expect a backside corner to make a play on the opposite side. If he's running full speed, it's just not possible, to be honest.
7: <laughs> yeah, yeah, be honest. How many times did I see, when I was with the Cowboys, Kevin Smith or Deion Sanders or Darren Woodson come flying from the backside and chase a play down? I can tell you a lot of times. So, hey I, I, – they have got a problem in the water over there. There's a problem with the culture, and you don't need to watch much of the Cowboys to understand. Right now, that that whole defensive side of the ball is a is a tire fire. I mean, they've got they've got issues, and now they got players coming out and saying, hey, you know, it sure is hard to play 70 plays a game, <laughs> really.
0: that's it's just absolutely amazing that he would that he would say that publicly
13: i
7: mean what a moron i mean what (sighs) a simpleton is what it is i mean just an absolute i mean even if you think that you don't go say that nope not after you just got your butt beat oh and, and you're and you're one and three in an amazing onside kick away from being oh and four Oh my gosh! I, I tell you what—you didn't hear a Jason Garrett team ever say that. You didn't ever, ever hear any of his players say that. So, boy, that and that's that's hard to say. Yearning for the time of the Red Jesus was back with the Cowboys. Eight and eight sure looks good right now. It's five thirty-nine. I, I I I knew
0: Stephen that 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 little quote would get my would get Mister. Uh, Mr. Smith, going here just a little bit.
7: Stretch. Uh, it, it, so, how did your eighth grade team do? They work hard for you. Yeah, we went out today and threw it around a little bit. We're getting ready for a big game tomorrow. So we, you know, we had a little little tighten up practice. Make sure we're good on the hands team. Make sure we do know that when the when an onside kick gets kicked it's okay to touch it before 10 yards just make sure you get on it fellas and hey hey, i promise you the eighth graders at all saints will get on will they'll get on a kick in a heartbeat fellas (laughs) there you go
0: so you worked on that uh and and i don't you know and i'm not sure if we got into this yesterday or not but uh the uh the lsu game with missouri is going to be moved to columbia They're going to play that uh, in Columbia because of the potential of the the hurricane and the weather that uh, may potentially move through Baton Rouge. So the uh, LSU-Mizzou game uh, now being played in Columbia. Again, just
7: another wacky thing going on in 2020. Boy, there is some wacky things. And when I was waiting to get on with you guys, I don't know if you guys have taken a look. Did you see where J.J. Watt and and, and Bill O'Brien had a heated Mm -hmm. exchange last week? Now, let me tell you something. That, that, that right there is enough to tell you that's why Bill O'Brien is not with the Texans anymore. Hey, when you, can't, when you can't make sure that you're embracing the star player or there's an issue there, I mean, he's the face of that franchise, guys. Wow, I, it's, it's shocking that Bill O'Brien is that, you, you know, is just that power-hungry. I, I, that, that organization is a, is a mess, too. Jeez. And, and when I,
0: you're winless – you your your nerves are a little frazzled as it is so I, I can imagine it probably didn't take a whole lot to get uh, a couple of competitors going at each other and, and that's part of the issue stretch when you, when when you have those kind of issues when you when you're
7: when you're not winning this team was a division winner last year they won they won that division last year and were are absolutely mm-hmm. favored going in to win the division again and and go out there and go and 4 yeah, yeah we're in full swing in the NFL season when coaches are getting fired and we see quarterbacks you know you know <laughs> Washington the Washington Football Club is going to bench Dwayne Haskins for Kyle Allen uh, another mess but hey we're full swing into football
2: Coach er, stretch coach uh, sounded like I was coach on stretch your eighth, sounded like I was on your eighth grade football team I'd like to play with those guys I, I'll give full effort stretch um when you look at the Texans though you mentioned that they're we're in the playoffs last year. Obviously, this season's been a dumpster fire, but what do you do? Because they have a ton invested in Deshaun Watson. I mean, it doesn't look like a complete rebuild, but are you at that point after four weeks of, of what looks like a really bad football team?
7: I, I don't think so. I, I mean, they, they, imagine this. Their offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, gave the play call sheet to a guy who was a defensive tackle. I mean, I mean, you talk about something that makes you scratch your head. He got, and, and then they moved Romeo Cronell upstairs, who's a really solid defensive mind. Now, maybe he didn't want to be the defensive play caller anymore. They made Anthony Weaver the defensive play caller. So he elevated two guys that were kind of from within his system. And guess what, man? They ain't get, they're not getting it done. And a lot of the same, you got a lot of the same things going on here in Dallas. I mean, you, you, you changed the scheme defensively in Dallas and you move Mike Nolan in to run a 3-4 defense when they had been a 4-3, get up the field, you know, get after you bunch, and all of a sudden, you're wondering why DeMarcus Lawrence is not, you're not getting the productivity out of him. Uh, Everson Griffin is not comfortable in a two-point stance. Guys, coaches today, you better understand what your personnel is, and you better understand, how, that's why they call you a coach. Get your players in position to make a play. And so they're, both these teams are trying to square peg a round hole. And, and, and quite frankly, right now, I, I'm not sure that the Cowboys aren't in just as bad a situation as the Texans are. I know they are on one side of the football.
0: 544, 16 away from 6 o'clock. This is uh, the Matt Mosley Show. We were talking about Matt and, and I wish him a speedy recovery. I, I know you know him well and do some things with him. But uh, Matt, with the with the bicycle accident, and uh, we're, we're just uh, – our thoughts and prayers are with he and his family as he as he recovers uh, at home, and 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 hopefully that uh, he'll he'll get back to work very very soon.
7: Yeah, he, he, you know what, unfortunate thing. I know I know that he did like to ride his bike over there in White Rock Lake, White Rock Lake, which is kind of that area where he's from, and real unfortunate. I don't know exactly what happened, but he had a had a, had an issue with his bike, and hopefully he'll uh, hopefully he can heal up, and mend, and get back on the radio. I know you're a,
0: you're a UT guy, and and you're uh, you're horns, and, and you coached at Oklahoma, so you 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 know you know this rival rivalry well, and we talked about it earlier today uh, on our program. But man, it's just strange to see that this game is not getting a whole lot of national attention, and I understand why. I mean, yeah. you get it. You got a couple of teams that are struggling, quite frankly, uh, but. The this has always been the game or one of the games that you always just kind of love to watch for for obvious reasons. You had half the stadium, you know, in red and half in burnt orange. You had you had the the fer- big Ferris wheel in the background, and in it was a ninety nine percent of the time it was a very meaningful football game. But man, you're just it it, it drew the eleven o'clock window. I mean, it's
7: it hurt, just, yeah, It really does. You know what? It hurts to see this. This rivalry where it is right now, it really does. I, I We talked earlier about, you know, the criticism that Urban Meyer has, has given Tom Herman for not developing players, uh, you know, and then we've heard the criticism of Lincoln Riley to say, hey, well, you, you finally got your own quarterback to develop here. Uh, you don't have a transfer guy. You don't have Baker Mayfield coming from Texas Tech. You don't have Kyler Murray coming up from Texas A&M. You got, you got your own guy, and now you know they they're one and two quite frankly texas should be one and two speaking of an unbelievable onside kick and an ability to come back from 15 down uh both of these programs have have got it in reverse and it's it's uh it, it's painful it is painful to watch cuz having been on both sides of this um you know the schooner on one end and Bebo on the other there's so much there's so much tradition there's so much pride in both these universities uh, you know always been able to both these schools have always been able to play defense, and right now I, I'm not sure they could get off the field versus Air. So it, it is. It's a painful. It's painful to to be, uh, you know, to have ties to both of these programs. And you know, normally you don't do that. I mean, you're either you're either you either bleed orange or, or or you're you know you're a Sooner. And uh, that was some of the best three years of my life was when I was in when I was in Norman. It was it was a great. You know it's a great university, and obviously I love the University of Texas, and Austin is my home. But it it is, guys. It's hard to think about uh, these two programs, and the the I I just feel like they're going in the wrong direction.
2: Stretch, when you watch uh, Spencer Rattler for the longest time, it seemed like no matter who they plugged in at quarterback, Lincoln Riley's offense would thrive. Is this, you know, just a QB? a young QB having to adjust to uh, another level of football. Do you see uh, problems across the board with the offense? Why are they struggling to score at times?
7: Well, I, you know, I do see that their offense is still is still very productive. They've still got weapons. Obviously lost C.D. Lamb and a little bit of speed outside. But I like, I like Spencer Rattler. I think it's going to take him, like you said, it's going to take him a little time to adjust to the speed of the game. The, the the other side of it is what concerns me more, and really it's the same thing with Texas. I mean, neither one of these schools are very sound defensively. I mean, the University of Texas lines up in two four eyes, and they wonder why the TCU quarterback jogs in the end zone. Uh, same thing at Oklahoma. I mean, they they got rid of they got rid of Stoops' brother, and 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 brought Alex Grinch from Ohio State. They can't stop anybody. I mean, they're giving up forty something points a game. I, I I can't understand why they're not better because they certainly have athletes. Now, you know, the question is, like you said, Steven, I mean, do they spend so much time on offense that they don't get the right looks defensively and it doesn't prepare them to go into the game? I I, I think Oklahoma will be fine offensively, and I think Spencer Rattlers, it, it will adjust, and he'll learn the speed of the game, and he won't make some of those throws that he makes, you know, when the middle of the field's closed, gets the ball intercepted. but. Defensively, I, I just don't know how you fix what's going on at either one of these schools because Texas just changed coordinators last year. They went from Orlando to Ash, brought him in from uh, from Rutgers, and, and and they looked just as bad. So I, I it, it really is. It's it's one of those things where you just sh- sh- you know kind of shrug your shoulders and you can't understand why both of these programs with so many five star players are, are 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 playing so poorly. Five
0: forty-eight. It is a dozen minutes away from six o'clock. We're going to get a break here, and we will come back with more of the program in a moment. This is the Matt Mosley Show, and we're back with more right after this.
10: This is the Baylor Sports Beat, a
8: daily look inside Baylor Athletics. Now here's the voice of the Bears,
0: John Morris.
8: everybody. It's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on the midweek Baylor Sports Beat. Coming up our weekly visit with athletic director Mac Rhodes talking on football, a kickoff time for homecoming, plus soccer and volleyball. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat.
10: How do you get the job done? With power. Get all the power you need in a new Ram. Alan Samuels presents Ram Power Days. Extra special savings and special factory financing on all new models. Hauling families to great places. Doing chores, working hard. Alan Samuels will help you get the job done. Ram, the highest pickup owner loyalty in America. Shop, apply, buy online. We deliver. Alan Samuels, official auto dealer of the heart of Texas fair and rodeo.
8: Coach Paul Jobson and Baylor Soccer in action this weekend from Betty Lou Mays Field. Now, doing his part in preparing champions for life, here's the voice of the Bears. And back on today's Baylor Sports Beat, today our weekly visit with Athletic Director Mac Rhodes, beginning with Baylor football, open this Saturday, but we have a kick time for the homecoming game with Oklahoma State October seventeenth. Yeah,
22: here on uh, on uh, October seventeenth, as you mentioned, uh, homecoming, uh, six thirty p.m. ABC. So uh, will be a a great platform, a great opportunity for us. Special night again, um, as uh, as I talked about, or as you mentioned, homecoming. But uh, also will be a, a night for us to to honor Dutch Schrader. So um, looking forward to, to to being able to do that, and that will be. Um, you know, that game will be the, the start of, uh, of a five game stretch. So, um, need to make sure we get all the kinks worked out, uh, you know, here prior to the, prior to the 17th.
8: This week, uh, volleyball is home hosting Oklahoma. It's on Thursday and Friday this week.
22: Yeah. Thursday and Friday, uh, six o'clock, uh, both, both nights, uh, that first night, Thursday ESPNU, and then, uh. And then Friday night on on Big Twelve now, and you know coming off the uh, the uh, two uh, two match sweep of, of TCU, and so we've got some great great momentum. We'll look forward to uh, I'll look forward to watching them play in person. So my my first opportunity this year. So excited about that.
8: Yeah, same here. Looking forward to it. And soccer Friday night is home another big match for Baylor soccer.
22: Yeah, you know the uh, the Big Twelve. Um, is uh, is uh, a tough league, you know, this year in particular in terms of uh, in terms of soccer. You know, coming off, you know, playing uh, the number four team in the nation, Oklahoma State, to a to a tie, and now we've got on on Friday, you know, the the match against number five Kansas at seven p.m. and looking forward to that. And by the way, it is scarf night.
12: Oh, that night. so.
22: Um, <laughs> I hope the, uh, the weather is a little bit cooler <laughs> so that uh, we can actually give out a scarf and that you can use it. So, um, a great week for, uh, for Baylor
8: Athletics. Thanks, Mac. And that's our time for today. More tomorrow on our next
6: Baylor Sports Beat. Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show. It's time for the dismount. For a final look at today's top stories, here's Matt Mosley and Steven Simcox.
0: 553 Tom and Steven in for uh, in for Matt Mosley here on this uh, Wednesday afternoon keeping you posted on the uh, ball game by, by the way the uh, the Astros are on over on our sister station Fox Sports Central Texas, thirteen thirty a.m. and ninety-three point nine FM. And right now, the Astros have runners at second and third in the home half of the eighth inning, trailing Oakland nine to seven. They they had one point. Stephen had a seven four advantage, and then they gave up five unanswered. But they uh, they've got got a chance here. They got a chance here, but. Uh, you got to catch up to that 97-mile-per-hour fastball. 9-7, Oakland with the advantage over the Astros with two outs and runners at second and third at the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, man, what did we not get to today? I know you had a, uh, you had a million things over there. I saw the stack, uh-huh. but there's a couple of things we just didn't get to.
2: Yeah, well, Stretch mentioned it briefly, but in the fallout of Bill O'Brien firing, uh, we're, we're hearing that he had a heated exchange with jj watt during a recent practice the incident which also included defensive coordinator anthony weaver took place uh, leading up to their week three loss to the steelers um they had a verbal blow up of practice and then that led to essentially what was like a player mutiny tom and the players kind of turned on bill o'brien and that's what led to uh <laughs> his hasty firing
0: let's see 53
2: to one is that kind of how that works? Seems like it. Yeah, going after J.J. Watt when he leaves that team, maybe not the best strategy for no. for Bob.
0: No, you say, Mr. Watt, what can I do for you to this afternoon, sir? <laughs> well,
2: so, yeah, I mean, it's curious. It, it's interesting to see that go down. And I don't know, you had Sean Salisbury on today on game time. I'm not sure what direction the Texans go with GM and head coach, but that's not a bad roster. I mean, they have issues, but it's, it's not a total rebuild job.
0: No, Stretch was talking earlier today on on our program that uh he thought uh he thought it was an outstanding roster, thought mm-hmm. it was just, you know, terrific roster, but uh, unfortunately, uh for whatever reason there is no cohesiveness within that organization right now and the wheels are off.
2: And Josh Reddick strikes out, so A's continue their 9-7 lead. Reddick broke a bat over his leg, so he's pretty fired up about that.
0: Yeah, that's that, that's going to leave a mark. That
2: is. <laughs> All right, Tom, that's it. Tune- All right, we got to go. Tune in to Fox Sports Central Texas. You want to hear the end of that game?